0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the final podcast for Mouse Madness. Uh, more than five... Now,
1: five... We only have one
2: episode left! Oh <laughs> boy, can <you> believe it? <laughs> oh jeez, oh, I can't wait to see who's gonna win! Who we?
0: Yeah, uh, we've Mr. all been watching Poopy Owl House, tell? I got it. Alright. So, uh... I'm your host, Irish Husky. I'm joined here once again by the usual posse. Uh, so, for the last time in this tournament, please introduce yourselves.
3: Yay, My name made it is to the end.
2: Hooray. Well, My name is Carrick Raccoonbro and Namnit. I have almost been here for every single one, almost. And there was like I, one
3: you set out.
2: Like I think two or one. Uh, well, there was one. Like, I got into the final third of it, yeah, so I never yeah. got to talk about Ichabod and Mr. Toad or <laughs> Rescuers Down Under. But, uh, mm-hmm. maybe some other time. Perhaps.
4: Okay, well, hiya, folks. Huh?
2: Hello, it's Ouija Brower,
4: and I am back once again, and you can never get rid of me. No matter how hard we
2: try, never.
3: It was just Halloween. We're doing our Hootie impressions this episode. <laughs> That's the <laughs>
1: scariest thing of all. Yeah. Uh, Password, please. Ow! Like, I, I don't need a
0: babysitter. I'm a big boy. House. Oh God, my voice cracks. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
3: that was I no. That was my need a a big boy Jeez, House. It sounds
2: like that sounds like me trying to do the Mickey Mouse impression. <laughs>
3: Yeah, <laughs> okay. for whatever reason, I read Yoshi like that too, like, I commit tax fraud! <laughs> <laughs> I committed tax fraud! Okay. But, but, but anyway, i My time. I'm Wesley, I have been here for every single episode. In fact, I'm kind of one of the architects of this podcast, because... I helped to distribute, if you're listening to this on a platform that is not YouTube, I ported it there. So now our reach is worldwide. Thank you, our one listener in Estonia. Woohoo!
5: Wow, he is the architect, we must take it that, down.
2: That's right. a very random country. I'm <laughs> awesome.
5: <laughs> right? Hello everyone. I'm Yoda Jats 10. I first started joining the podcast around round two but I am still happy to be here. Like, I love Disney animation, like, um, almost just as much as SpongeBob SquarePants, like, my two biggest animation passions, and I'm a writer and reviewer, like, an all-around animation enthusiast. as do voice impressions, such as Winnie the Pooh and also Tigger, 2. <laughs> happy to be here. Hey, the company, to
2: love here. the material.
5: Yep.
0: Uh, okay. Uh, Kind of not sure how to go about the rest of this because if you're watching this, you already know which movies are in the finals. And uh, the purpose of this is to eventually reveal the winners. Uh, I've already tallied up the votes. I already know which movies won. I'm going to save that for later, though, because... Uh,
5: Boo! Hey, the turnout. The
3: turnout was impressive.
0: Tell me about it. I mean, between Twitter straw poll and two write-in votes that didn't go on to either platform these two movies accumulated 149 votes
1: oh my god
0: keep in mind the insane. most that we, the most that any matchup received before this was 30
2: and that was also an emperor's new groove
3: that's true it's the magic of oh, that little movie
2: yeah. honestly i so. I don't know I don't know who's
0: gonna win man <laughs> yeah. well, first of all uh Carrick, I want to thank you so much for uh shouting it out on your uh out of context Twitter account because uh, uh as soon as you did that, the straw poll just exploded
2: <laughs> yeah, no problem by the way, uh since this is my chance to share be sure to follow out of context game grumps right now
3: <laughs> I sure know my own way, but I don't think it made that as much of a difference yeah. Well, regardless, uh,
0: thing is, uh, at the beginning of this tournament, uh, I had actually been hoping that it would get this kind of turnout by the end. Uh, when the turnout only started getting into the low twenties or high teens, I kind of resigned myself to the fact that this was just kind of going to be, you know, a very niche thing, you know, not spreading out very far. And I was happy with that because at least it was consistent and we're getting, you know some kind of turnout so imagine my surprise when we when imagine my surprise when i saw the numbers for this one <laughs> so I'm, I'm very i'm very glad uh, to have helped yes and uh to everyone who's voted uh throughout this tournament uh thank you so much for making this possible uh you're welcome we wouldn't have this tournament if it weren't for your contributions so right. special thanks to contributions from viewers like you thank you
4: thank you thank you sponsored by juicy juice
0: <laughs> and Chuck E. cheese we're, we're actually
2: a kid hey little kid you want some overstuffed pizza that tastes like cardboard <laughs> anyway this podcast is brought to you by blue apron
3: <laughs> we had a sponsorship offer but i declined
2: what was oh. the sponsorship Was it the army?
4: It It
3: might have been Blue apron, but I'm not sure. Hmm. (laughs) I was
4: hoping it would be Raid Shadow Legends.
3: This video is sponsored by
0: Raid Ant Killer.
2: (laughs) This video video is sponsored by Hands. Hands (laughs) are the brand new uh, ideal thing to have that help facilitate tasks that are uh a lot harder when you don't have hands
3: (laughs) right right but but since we're we're trying to draw this out before the winner what's the format for today wink ah
0: all right format for today uh top 10 favorite disney movies from everyone in the voice chat um i hope you're all prepared i hope you've got your lists ready because that is going to take up the bulk of this podcast
4: you fool, I have no list.
3: You can make one up on the fly. My, I acknowledge that mine is very fluid and may not reflect how I voted overall in this tournament. Because huh? I grew up with many of these movies and I'm just so enthusiastic yeah. about revisiting all of them.
0: On the other hand, my list is fairly rigid. Um, I actually uh, listed out my top ten around the time of the Sweet Sixteen. And I've mostly kept to that list with maybe a few changes, like number seven would go to number six or something like that.
1: Hmm.
2: But, anyway, um, but anyway, um... Oh, Jackson, you're echoing echo. again. Oh, sorry. Monkey! Ah, uh, you came ah, in too late. Dang it. Monkey coconut. Okay.
0: All right. So, um... Yeah, that's basically what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to start Nobody's from number 10. Uh, everyone's going to give their entry, possibly elaborate. Uh, we can judge each other for
3: our opinions. I have a honorable mentions I want to say, too, though. Oh, um,
2: do we want to do – maybe we should do – let's do honorable mentions. Like, we'll start doing those uh, before our top three. Okay. Sounds good,
4: fair. Good idea.
2: Mm-hmm. All right,
0: so um, – Now, I'm not going to give too much elaboration since uh, I plan on making a full-length video uh, going into a bit more detail, but uh, I I can give a little bit. I'm mostly just going to be judging you guys for your opinions. So
3: uh... (gasps) Judging our opinions? Sounds like Twitter. What is (laughs) this, the internet? (laughs) You're putting this on the hot seat here. Uh, This is
2: going to be be exciting.
3: All right, I've got a
2: hot take for you all. I've got a hot take for you all. Lion King is pretty good (gasps) oh my god really which lion king (gasps) yes (laughs) one and
4: a half you filthy swine i shall slaughter you on spot
3: i've seen people do gtvs and sequels on their list but i stepped mostly to the films in this tournament
2: yeah yes for the for the sake of consistency i did as well
3: i i
0: uh restricted myself to uh the 58 in this tournament i did uh, too Although, uh, yeah. I guarantee the minute I watch Cinderella 3, it's going in my top five.
3: Yeah. If I you better expanded watch that. The list, it's a, yeah, it's if I'd really expanded good. the list, Mary Poppins and Bambi 2 might have been on there.
2: I've, I hope Ran the Last Dragon is on my list. Yeah. I hope it's that good.
0: <laughs> yeah, same. Always hope for the best.
2: I, like, I don't want something like Frozen 2 to be bad. It just happens to be bad. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Well, I by the way, kind of. Raccoon, bro, did you did you finish all these movies? Because you were not a completionist at the start. Uh, me. Yeah. Did you finish all the Disney movies?
2: The only one I haven't seen is Frozen Two. Ah, <laughs> uh, you
3: can clean that one off. Valid.
2: Okay. I'm I'm gonna wait a little bit for that one. <laughs> okay. I just I, I I need the strength. Yeah. Maybe.
0: Hopefully, that movie doesn't leave you feeling too cold. So, I've seen
2: every package film too, but I haven't <laughs> seen Frozen 2. Wow, uh,
0: I'm right. kinda you surprised that they didn't that they didn't advertise it where the Z is the letter is the number two. Oh As yeah. They, yeah no, it would have I mean, been so easy to do that. Like a, despi- like a despicable M3 or Fant 4 Stick.
2: Uh, to be honest, I don't really like it that much because it looks kind of clunky on the poster yeah. and like, it's kind of a joke. But uh, it's kind of like uh, that one Tim Allen movie. It's called Jungle Two Jungle and they like they present the two as of the number two, even though it's not a sequel. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I remember taking how... a sp-
0: I remember I was taking a sporkle quiz uh, uh, D- Disney films that are uh, eight characters mm-hmm. long. And there were so many comments in there uh, Saying that Frozen 2 Should have been at least Should have been a bonus answer Because it's stylized as Frozen I.I. so that's technically 8 characters But everyone was apparently typing it as Frozen number
2: 2 Oh no see even if you do uh, Do it as I.I. that wouldn't be That would be 9 characters if you count a space as a character They, yeah. never, they never count spaces though like, my, my phone does.
1: Yeah, uh, your phone is two. wrong.
4: I actually spelled it out, and like, if you do two in letters, it's still nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. yeah,
2: but I'm... Um, right. anyway, time
4: to okay. get
3: this party started! The yes, party how, how, how are we gonna
2: do this rotation? Who's gonna start us off? Uh, um, top to bottom. I nominate someone. Raccoon Bros. Tribute. <laughs> so, uh... Are we, we going to do it as, as always? That Nick, you're going to be the last one since you're the host? Sure. Alright, okay. then, in that case, I will get this ball rolling. My number 10 favorite Disney film of all time is Beauty and the Beast. Ah, I This is the quintessential musical, I believe you could say. It's got <clears throat> fantastic animation, fantastic characters, oh, but I feel like you could say that about a lot of Disney films, so I'll try to be a bit more specific than that. Uh, I really appreciate the romance between uh, Beast and Bell. Like it felt very believable the idea that Beast was learning to uh, see himself as not a monster and Belle like slowly seeing that uh, there was more to him like underneath the hide. And all, all the characters in the castle have wonderful moments. Uh, Lumiere, uh, Mrs. Potts, Cogsworth—like they're just such mem- such a memorable cast. And the the music is just uh, it belongs on Broadway. And by by the ending of that film, my mom always cries. It's just ve- just a very beautifully done. Uh, and it's only number ten. <laughs> like from here from here on out, like th- these are all like the best of the best in my opinion. Like, yeah,
0: uh, I find it funny how uh all three songs from that movie to get nominated for uh, best original song they all start with the letter B. Yeah, I
3: didn't even oh, notice.
0: Yeah, uh, be our guest, Bell, and the title song.
3: Right. I keep thinking the mob song might have snuck in because that's one of my favorite ones, but no.
2: I I want I wish there was more stuff with Richard Whitenick, because that guy's got like a crazy crazy good op- opera voice going. Like, oh, why is he not? In, why is he not in more things? Right. Oh, he does.
3: Yeah. Also, they say Gaston can't read, but in the Bob song, he says "screw your courage to the sticking place," which is a pretty obvious reference to the Scottish play.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like, so he oh. does
3: read a little.
2: I have seen a good meme where it's like a uh, uh, manga. Uh, readers, no comic book re- comic book readers talking to novelists like how how can you read this? There aren't any pictures.
5: <laughs> Funny thing is, I do know Richard White was almost going to be in something, but I will bring it up later. Okay. All right, mm-hmm.
3: All right, All right so, G, uh, Ouija. Ouija, you're up.
4: My number my number ten would be Wrecked Ralph, because I do think it has an interesting concept of a villain character wanting to experience a happily ever after.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah but then he learns by the end of it that uh, just because he's a bad guy, that doesn't mean he's a bad guy.
4: It's okay to be tight. And then yeah. he gains the ability to crush head and thigh like Sparrow's egg. <laughs> <laughs> I... I...
2: I, li- I like that uh, Zangief was voiced by the director.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Wasn't there, like, something about Reg and
4: where Eggman was initially going to have dialogue from Jim Cummings, but then it got scrapped or something? Was he? Was?
3: Hmm.
4: I forget who I heard that from.
3: To make up for it.
2: Yeah, True. They-, they got Roger Craig Smith. And yeah, and I, I read a I funny forget, post
3: around that time that Roger Craig Smith had been nominated for Best Supporting Actor. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they, also, they also got Kyle Hebert and Ruben Langdon as uh, Ryu and Ken, like, just for a quick uh, little gag. Cool. But, the fact that they like, went out there are hit-
4: ways to actually make sure everything is faithful to the source material is nice.
2: He's yeah. like, you want to go grab a beer at Tapper? Yeah, sure. Like, ap- after they're done beating each other up.
5: <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so Tapper's always... voiced
2: by Maurice LaMarche. Yeah. Hmm. He kind of
5: looks like Mario. Hmm.
2: Right. Mario was supposed to be in in it, but then he wasn't. <laughs> I heard he was actually
5: him in different um countries of the release. I heard that was actually him. Wow. Oh, wow. That's a version <clears throat> I want to see.
2: Yeah, Wait, um... Really? I want
5: to, yeah, yeah I want to see that.
4: Like I want to see that. Anybody just, listening did... to this, go to the YouTube comment section and post a link if you found evidence of it.
3: Right. This is another lost media hunt. Ooh,
2: Ooh domestic abuse jokes in a Disney film. Ooh. <laughs> right.
0: Speaking of yeah. uh, speaking of a uh, hunt, uh, Wesley, it's your turn.
2: Thank
3: you. My number 10's a bit of a wild card. It's a little polarizing, but I still love it. It's The Little Mermaid. It's a, return, it's a return to form for Disney. It's a fun fairy tale. It's got the good music with Howard Ashman. It's got a beautiful story. For the critics of Ariel, I feel like they give her a hard time. She had her freaking grotto destroyed. Of course she'd be in bad judgment. But re-watching this film a while ago, it just captured me all over again. It's a story about a father-daughter relationship. It's got some great moods and a great atmosphere. And I don't even mind Sebastian that much. He cracks me up. It's really funny. So yeah. I suppose if I had one criticism, I think Eric's a little weak. But I do like the idea of Ariel saving him at one point. That was a unique
5: twist. Actually, so twice as a matter of fact. he saves her. Twi- she saves him twice. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah, like after he rams the boat into uh, Ursula.
3: Right, yeah. So this is a fun idea. It's a return to form and a reinvention of Disney. And it's just something that still manages to hold up for me.
2: Uh, I I will say, uh, regarding Eric, uh, when I I watched uh, this movie with uh, my mom and sister, up to that point, we had uh, seen a bunch of older Disney films, like such as Snow White and stuff and they, they, uh, they said that one of the things they appreciated was that they gave the prince character a bit more to do. Uh, like, they acknowledge that, uh, you know, Eric, he, he, he likes his dog. He, he's he got uh, other, you know, moments uh, that, you know, define him a bit more. So, like, I, I can understand, though, because this is technically Ariel's film. And also, my sister's like, I think he's e- he's easily the hottest Disney prince. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's what my sister was like, so yeah, I just
5: wanted to throw that out there. Okay. Alright, All right, Yoda? So this is going to be quite not a not-popular opinion, but my 10th favorite Disney film is Pocahontas. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah. <So inspired. laughs> it may sound surprising, but, like, I still really love this film. I grew up with it as a kid. I know his, it's historically inaccurate, but There can be good stories told through historical inaccuracy, and this is one of them. I think Bodhunter herself was a great character. I felt like the message between um two sides arguing, two sides funny was actually very well done in this movie. I liked a lot of the comedy, like not just from the animals, but the settlers themselves got a lot of really funny, good moments. Uh, Like the animation, I think this is one of Disney's most beautiful looking films. The colors, especially. Just absolutely like astounding. Like even as a kid, like the water, it really looks like bluish water. The trees, especially the colors of the segment is definitely one of the more, be- one of the most beautiful, colorful, artistic scenes I've ever seen done in Disney. And Ratcliffe, I think, is a great villain. I think he's a really good, stuffy kind of villain. I sort of a love to hate villain. And um, as I was talking about Richard White earlier, Richard White was going to voice him, but they thought he sounded a bit too similar to Gaston. So that's when they got him, um, David Dawkins Styres. Yeah. and he also voiced.
3: R.I.P. Um, huh? because he passed not too long ago. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That,
2: yeah, that guy, that guy, his range was impeccable.
5: Uh huh, and he <clears throat> and he also voiced um uh, Wiggins Ratcliffe's little manservant.
2: I, I do remember when I was uh, talking about this film that uh, uh, Wiggins, much like with uh, Peter Pan. The uh, villain sidekick was uh, one of the things that I did like genuinely enjoy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like, I even, always, he, I liked Wiggins. He, uh, I like the joke if, with the uh,
0: arrow through his head. Yeah,
2: yeah. And, and even even if it's like I don't like uh, enjoy the film overall that much. Like there are some things that I can't acknowledge were pretty well done. Yeah,
5: yeah like as 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 he said about him, and he came so highly recommended. Hmm. Like, I also oh, love yeah, the, the very end. I also love the songs of the movie too, like Alan Menken. This one of my favorite Alan Menken musicals, and it's the first one he did with Stephen Schwartz, which um, which I also love his music. I also love it in the Prince of Egypt. So that's a star. So I know Pocahontas has a lot of hate going towards it, but I don't mind. It's still mm-hmm. definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, I won't
3: movie. give it credit. The Color of the Wind is a pretty good song. I think it deserved to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I definitely have opinions about this movie, but uh, maybe later. Good defense,
3: Yoda. What? Good defense. I like hearing people express the positive unpopular opinions more than negative, so good job. Thanks.
0: Yeah, and uh, speaking of uh, positive unpopular opinions, uh, my number 10... It's not exactly a contentious film, but it's one that uh, doesn't really get talked about a lot. It's one of the more forgotten films, despite being fairly recent. My number 10 is actually Bolt.
4: <laughs> I had a feeling Ooh, you were going That's, there. A, that's a good one.
0: <laughs> yeah. And like I said, I'll elaborate more in a future video. But uh, the very shorthand version is I appreciate this movie for its charm and its simplicity that's the yeah. very shorthand version uh we've got a <laughs> lot we've got a lot of things to cover here so yeah
2: yeah all right uh let's uh all right i'm gonna do a uh, lighting round here my number nine is a uh, treasure planet i am so i'm so in love with uh, the entire setting of this uh, whole of this whole film like the the 3D mixed with the, the 2D hand-drawn characters is, is really well done. It's like arguably
3: super... the best use of that technique ever, I think. I have seen it done in other things, but nothing really matches the aesthetic the same.
2: Yeah, I mean, the supernova scene, the scene where they find the map for the first time, or the scene where they're inside the the gigantic gold mine, and they're escaping from it, it just it's all so well done. And Jim Hawkins is i I love his whole like coming of age tale here where he like by the end of it he finally uh, you know grows up to uh be more mature from this whole uh ordeal that he's been through because he finally you know found a father figure in like the unlikeliest of places and like john silver himself even uh found a bit of humanity despite being
3: classified as a villain both in literature in the movie and by Disney, but he's not really that bad. He's got a good heart, even though he's a pirate. I,
2: I do I do appreciate when they uh show the more humane side of characters like him. Especially since I played him in uh one of uh my uh local theater troops plays. I mean, it, it so yeah, Treasure Planet, super awesome film that was Really, really not done justice at the time because of the release schedule.
5: Mm, yeah. Yeah. A little fun fact about Treasure Plan, John and Ron Clements actually always wanted to do a sci-fi treasure island story. The thing is they were actually planning to work on it right after Aladdin, but I Jeffrey Katzenberg... The
3: video, yeah.
2: Yeah, they Katzenberg... they were basically told like if you make Hercules, uh you can
5: make this. <laughs> yeah. Jeffrey Katzenberg said that. Right, right. Um,
3: but I wonder: Did two D, did Disney kill their two D because of Treasure Planet bombing, or did they intentionally sabotage Treasure Planet
5: so they could kill off two D?
2: I think they killed off two D because of Home on the Range.
5: Mm. Oh. I th- I thought they killed it because of that one statement that Cancerbird said about Sinbad.
3: Oh right but that movie had a bad break too so yeah
2: <laughs> it's really funny uh i saw the game grumps uh they were talking about disney movies and right now like danny and his girlfriend are like marathoning all the disney films and he just got done watching home on the range and he was talking to aaron about that and like how he didn't like it and aaron was like why what's wrong with it and He was like the animation the story the acting the plot the, <laughs> the dialogue just just like he's normally a really upbeat guy, you just like laying into this film like everything about it he hated. Wow. Yep. Yeah. The jokes, the the
3: dogs. <laughs> the yeah, they're real. Quit staring. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I- I so. That he's a, treating I it like the Jar Jar Binks of bad. Disney
4: movies.
0: Mm. Yeah, I didn't think Home on the range was that bad.
3: I but it's not the worst thing ever mm-hmm.
2: I just found it funny like how passionate he was about how awful it was <laughs> wow yeah. alright uh,
4: okay let's see your favorite movie on the fly uh, number nine number, number nine uh, Sleeping Beauty
2: hmm. Hmm. nice I've got a soft spot for that one too
4: I think it's just a nice film and it gave a, the debut of one of the most iconic animated villains of all time, Maleficent.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. And You're the badass dragon form debut.
5: Hey, hey, carrot. Mm-hmm. Were you in, were you intensely trying to sound sleepy? No, that was actually not my
2: fault. I didn't mean to do that.
5: <laughs> okay. Throw, <laughs> it in, throw it in. Just chuck
4: it.
2: We'll we'll keep we'll keep that. Yeah. <laughs>
4: But, but still weird. anyways, Sleeping yeah.
2: Sleeping beauty's a nice film. Yeah. Okay. Uh she's uh she's voiced by uh Pauline now. Uh Great. Aurora. Yeah. Here we,
3: it was here in we the go. film registry, I think, for its technical accomplishments, so I kinda can respect it on that. Good job, Ouija. So also now, fun fact for those
4: And fun fact for those who don't know, you can actually go inside Sleeping Beauty Castle at Disneyland for a walk-through Sleeping Beauty attraction.
2: Hmm. I thought you were just going to say you can go inside Sleeping Beauty. Come along, children. We're going into the movie. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: thought
0: thought you meant meant that in some other way. Moving on.
3: (laughs) Uh, I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that, but number uh, nine nine is... Is something that that I've grown a bit for. It was an honorable mention. But I bumped it up just recently. It's Great Mouse Detective. Oh, Ooh. that's they a good They talked choice. about Little Mermaid, the film coming out before this, but Great Mouse Detective was the one that bent all the rules. It had the fun humor. It was not an outright musical. There's like three numbers in it, but it's got but it's got a great main character. It's got a great villain. It's got some cool scenes, and it's quotable. It's really fun to, to have all the action. The mystery is not who did it, but what is Radigan trying to do, which I think is pretty great. And as a homage to Sherlock Holmes, it's good. And as an action movie, just straight out mystery action sort of thing, That's it works on that front, too. Plus, I also like how they were able to get the grit and the grimes of the Victorian art style down, and it's just a great-looking film. Henry Mancini's theme—it's very captivating and spellbinding. I'm kind of bummed that we never got a sequel, considering that it's based on a series of books. So it's pretty depressing that we got a Frozen two and a Fox and the Hound two before we got a Great Mouse Detective two. When Great Mouse Detective would have been a more of a reasonable option, considering it has material. Uh, it's, like, not
2: like it, it, it's not like it
3: bombed no it did. it did quite well
5: it's a funny thing because like i remember there was a comic series in disney adventures where it had followed a little Olivia doing missions of her own and Bridget, the the sidekick of Radkin, was now reformed and like helping her oh well, that's nice. wow.
3: that would have been something good to see in
5: the sequel yeah uh it, it, it I, turned out it turned out he survived the fall hmm well, he's Great, a mouse, bat, so.
3: Great
2: Mouse Detective, was, uh, was was it the first Disney film to use CGI?
3: I think uh, so. The Gears in yeah. Big Ben. Yeah, yeah
2: that's
5: right.
3: It looked,
2: the, the Gears still look really cool. Like, that was a good choice for uh, using a CGI. Right. Uh, I agree.
3: Endlessly. Like, I watched <clears throat> that scene and I didn't know it was CGI until Roy Disney said so in the Fantasia <clears throat> 2000 intro. Yeah.
2: It was good that they chose, like, a background at the time and not, like, a character because it probably would not have worked. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I actually just uh, looked it up. Uh, Great Mouse Detective was uh, one of the first Disney films to use CGI, but the actual first one to use it was uh, Black Cauldron.
2: <gasps> oh, wait, really?
3: Yeah. When, yeah when did... the Mr. Facts. Oh, okay. But there's a reason Roy didn't talk about that one in Fantasia. <laughs>
1: definitely.
0: Well, we don't talk about that knows one. what he did. <laughs> oh, God, that movie.
4: Yoda,
0: oh, Yoda.
5: For my number nine choice, I choose And I choose Cinderella. Hey. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Happy birthday. No, no,
5: no, no. <laughs> oh, man.
2: Cinderella
5: Damn, is definitely Huh? Gus
4: Guys is a Chad. Yeah. yeah. Cinderella <laughs> no. is
5: definitely a film that gets better better and better as I get older. I really love the animation. I love the storytelling. The music is just fantastic. I love all the characters. I love the humor that they have with like Lucifer and, and the mice. And even with like the king and the dude, I think that's just so great to watch. Even the stepsisters can have a few legit funny t- funny moments in there.
3: Oh yeah, like, they're
5: super funny. They're like they're sort of like comic relief villains. Uh-huh. And uh I really hold true with the message of like yeah, you're placed in like an unfortunate predicament. But sometimes if you like stick your head up high and just be optimistic and like just have a good spirit, sometimes good things can happen. And if you work real hard of it, you would some some way or another, even out of nowhere, your wish will come true, and you will find happiness. Right,
2: I, I I feel like I can attest to that since uh, during my uh, scoliosis surgery, I remember my mom being like, "Even like through the whole way through, you still managed to keep like a really good attitude, and we're so proud of you for like staying strong during that whole time." So yeah, this movie is absolutely right. It's yeah, all, the way the world is like
5: it's all in perspective. Yeah, like I I even realized I like I watched Cinderella a lot during like my my like last couple months in eighth grade and it I realized it really helped me out because eighth grade sucked. Same. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Cinderella like it was one of the few films I watched, um, during like my time in eighth grade and it really helped me stick through because like I just love the story and I love like how Cinderella, even through all of it, she gets her happy ending and like the music, especially when. when she gets married, when she gets the the slipper fit on, it really gets me in the emotional side. It's definitely what I would call one of Disney's happiest endings. Oh, absolutely. So, so, um, that's my vote for Pit number nine, Cinderella.
0: Great pick. Yeah. Uh, Like Little Mermaid, uh, this was kind of a game changer for Disney. Like Little Mermaid, it has a uh, retrospective backlash that is Not at all warranted. Just saying. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so... So, my number nine. uh, This one might actually surprise you guys. Uh, My number nine is Tangled. And it might surprise Ah. you by how low it is. Because I've talked this movie up uh, so much in the past.
5: I thought it was, like, in your top
4: two. It doesn't really surprise me much. I mean, it's... I mean... I would just be surprised if it wasn't in the top 10.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was in my top five, uh, over time it has, uh, lowered. Um, and I promise I will explain this in the video, but, uh, yeah, for now, let's uh, move on to number eight.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, okay then for my number eight film, I'm going with Lilo and stitch.
0: Ooh, cool.
2: Uh, I watched it again very recently and I remembered why I loved it so much. It's, uh, even though it's a sci-fi film, the most memorable part is how real it feels. Like, despite the fact that it stars a bunch of aliens and they, It just, I just, I really love the family aspect and how stitch learns like that. He's more than just, uh, a monster like he can do more than what he was programmed for, and like, and I love how like completely heel face turn like Jumba and pleakly are. Uh, Stitch just like does does very little to convince them to help them out, and he's like, hey, he makes a like convincing argument, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, even hey, though, even conv- though, even though they yes, were just trying to kill each compliment. other. Yeah, <laughs> and the like the back and forth with the gun, like, oh, naughty Christmas,
5: happy Hanukkah. <laughs> it's definitely one of, one of the funniest yes. parts of the movie. Yeah.
3: I quote that with my brother when we were fighting over something. <laughs> it's not Hanukkah.
2: Uh, happy Kwanzaa.
5: <laughs> happy I, I I especially love how um how accepting David was when he when he found out about Sitch, He goes, So you're from outer space.
1: <laughs> I
5: always like that bet.
4: I yeah, love uh, the fact that with the art style, the humans look just as alien as the actual aliens.
2: Yeah, yeah. So uh, because of that, they don't feel like too. It feels like they uh, belong together on screen. It doesn't feel too jarring. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's a. I guess that's a. That's a pretty good detail. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, Moana. As much as I love that, they al- they already did a, a film that did a bunch that gave Polynesian culture a bunch of uh, credit and on screen. So, you know, yeah. but beat you to it.
0: Yeah. So uh, fitting, so fitting that your number eight was in the elite eight. Right.
2: Oh yeah, I guess so. And <laughs> I, I voted for Lilo and Stitch over another film that appears later on. I just, I decided to vote for Lilo and Stitch because uh, it's just, it, yeah, you know, it it speaks to me. You know, it's good. Okay. I love I love family films.
5: Yeah. Oh, you mean you like? You mean like you change your vote that you made in the past?
2: No, I still stand by the vote because it's like, a, just like what I was feeling at the time. But ah. and and I also like watched it very recently. I, I feel just, I just like the the sisterhood is just so so damn relatable. Indeed. All right. All right. Uh, Ouija.
0: Your number eight
2: or some movie you like?
4: Uh, my number eight is actually something that wasn't in
2: the polls. Oh, it's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Are we are we are we counting?
4: Uh, Wait, are... can we count it? Because I actually have an alternative number eight. If not,
3: um, we we were going to stick to movies that were in the tournament. But...
4: Okay, okay, I have an alternative.
3: Let's hear it.
1: Yeah, sure.
4: My number eight is actually The Little Mermaid. Cool. Oh, okay. Hey.
2: Br- Bring it back. Just uh, just so you guys know, uh, Little... Oh, you know, Oh, never mind. <laughs> spoilers. Uh, you, you can keep going, Luigi.
4: I mean, technically we've already been giving spoilers the whole time.
2: No, I mean, spoilers for my list. Oh. Back on track, Weegee. Sorry.
4: Sorry. I forgot to take my medication today. Anyways, Little Mermaid. Nice film. Colorful characters. Great villain.
3: I forgot. That's kind of a shame, because she has my best song.
4: I also like the music in it under the sea i get it stuck i can't stop singing it about like once a week
3: yeah mm-hmm. right um i guess if you're done there was yeah that. i'm done i'm okay. done i had another that Anyone? was the first weird pick i have the second because yoda jacks just said it my number eight is also cinderella so yeah <laughs> awesome <laughs> all right Yes, um, basically Anyone everything else? Yoda Jack said holds it for me. If I suppose if I have anything to add, it's that I don't really think of the mice as filler too much. They're her friends. They're doing her a kindness. That's the whole point of the story is that they're helping her. They're, they're really fun, and they're just as integral to the plot as ever, and that's what makes the climax so suspenseful mm-hmm. is that they're doing all they can, and Cinderella's fighting for it. But, but there's still obstacles in the way. So that's what makes it so so right and so satisfying to see the end. And it also is still one of the best-looking Disney movies, despite being made in the 50s. It still looks pretty great with all the techniques and angles showing the backgrounds. It's still breathtaking. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's my like number eight. That's all I had to add, really. Okay. I'm
2: still waiting for Warner Brothers to give us that Tom and Jerry crossover.
3: That would be
2: awesome.
0: I'm I'm still waiting for a Cinderella four filing royal taxes. Yeah,
4: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. All Cinderella so five. King, best the best king, best king would classes. probably commit tax
5: fraud. <laughs> um. By the way, like before, I, like this isn't like m- what I'm talking about is like has nothing to do with my next choice. But are ties allowed on the list? Sure, sure. Okay. Um. Well. That tie is coming later. But for my number 8 choice, I'm going with Zootopia. Hey! Good to see you in the top 10. Uh-huh. I do really like that movie. Yeah, it's- Zoot- Zootopia, like, this is another film that, like, the more I think about, the more I just love the, love the heck out of it. Especially with the what the world's going on right now. Like, even back then, where I didn't think like I'm too much of like, Pods and stuff, I still think Zootopia is such a great movie. Like, the animation, like, this is one of the biggest mm. looking Disney films out there. I love how every single location is, like, there's one set in the rainforest, or some set, like, um, like, set the North Pole. It's just, like, a visually stunning movie. And with its message on politics and, with like, um, on how we treat those who are different around us, it's so well done and well done and brilliantly told here. Like, didn't feel like it was, like, hammering its message in. I felt like it was very powerful message to tell and it shows the right time to tell and I still think like anytime even if the world wasn't going to shit you can still watch it because its message still holds true I love the chemistry between Nick and Judy I like how they don't become a couple I'm just happy that they're friends I really like that I especially love all the humor even with jokes I know are going to become the way they're executed is what gets me. That's one of the important things about one talent joke. Even if you know what's coming, it all depends on the execution. But I still remember when me and Mom saw, like, I remember when Mom was like, she was kind of like, um, at first not really interested, she was just like, oh, let's just wait for it to come out on TV. I'm like, no, Mom, let's see it. This, this is going to be good. And she was just cracking up with me at several times, even when we saw, like, um, the little godfather like possum there. We, Mr. Were just Big. Cra- <laughs> Mr. Big, we were just cracking up like crazy. The yeah. way he was revealed, the way he was talking, it was just such a gut busting moment. Yeah. Like that, that was my
2: grandfather's favorite moment. Yeah, of yeah the that's whole one movie. of a. That's one of those
0: jokes where you kind of know the punchline, but it's still satisfying.
5: Yeah, it's I like the length lo- they go to. I especially love how uh, um, Gideon Gray, who was like um, Judy's bully as a kid, I love how he turns out to be a really nice guy when he when he grows up. Like I always thought that was such a nice little moment between um, uh Judy and and Didion. like um, yeah, they they great. grew up and they they became better people. Like I was, right. I always thought that was such a nice, sweet little moment. It was and very it realistic. So it's a nice, optimistic it was very moment too. It felt
2: because it, it it was very realistic because it felt like the kinds of things that a therapist would like tell you to say to somebody. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Because <laughs> realizing like what uh, was wrong with him as a kid, mm-hmm. like, uh-huh. that, I, I thought that was a nice touch, and, and then the part where like when judy ran off like, and her parents were like do you do you have any idea what she was saying and then he was like oh good i'm glad i'm not alone i thought she was speaking in tongues or something <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> oh, man um, this movie's humor is on point
4: hey.
2: I, I, also, like, I do huh? uh, i i to people who uh point to the final line of the film like uh, oh but uh, they say that they love each other so therefore it's not platonic have you never heard of saying i love you to a friend I yeah, say I love, you. I say I love you. you. to a sibling. I want to. I want to. I want. That's something I want to normalize. I think friends should say I love you to each other. Yeah. There's
3: four kinds of love: platonic love, romantic love. Um, I forget what the other two are, but mm-hmm. intimate. Plato discussed the four kinds yeah. of love.
0: Yeah, but besides the way they say it, like that's something. Like the way that they say. Like they love each other, like that's the kind of tone that's clearly between uh playfully bantering friends. Right? Like, ah, come
1: yeah, you on, know you know, know you love,
5: you love me. Yeah, like um, I also like usually one of my least favorite cliches is the at two break because you know it's done. dough go. I first I was first saying like um, and it was done. Judy was done getting mad at Nick, but if they do it a s- s- clever switch around where. Nick is actually the one that gets mad at Judy and it's very understandable and why he got kind of peeved. and like it, the emotion between the two and especially the way they got back together was a really sweet and touching moment while also having a little bit of humor in there. Exactly. So that was pretty good. So um, yeah I really love Zootopia like if I were to if I were to nitpick just one thing it would be like the song Try Everything I get what it's trying to teach but sometimes its lyrics can be kind of like bother me in some ways
2: try everything but, yeah <laughs> try uh, all the drugs
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it's it's kind of the same way how i feel about that song from fame and misfortune from my little pony like uh the flawless you're not flawless so
0: don't expect us to be perfect
5: or even good yeah yeah uh, like but unlike famous Misfortune, i love all of zootopia so yeah zootopia
2: Huh? I still think Bellwether could have been uh, executed a little better.
0: Yeah, I
5: yeah, I don't know. Like, since the since the whole movie was like a mystery, I personally didn't mind it that much. I felt so one of the few times I could actually accept the twist villain. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I love Zootopia. It's that's why I'm choosing for my number eight. Cool Beans. Hmm. And the movie so, I'm choosing. It
2: turned, it, oh, turn into a Scooby Doo episode at the end. <laughs> yeah. All right, so
0: uh, the movie I'm choosing for my number eight um, is a movie that was briefly brought up by uh, you, Carrick, when you were talking about your number Ooh. eight. It is Moana. Yeah. Uh, uh, the one thing I'll say in this podcast is that You're Welcome is probably my favorite Disney song, and I am being 100% serious when I say that. I also made a brief, that... I also made a brief edit of the chorus that I posted on my Twitter uh, a while back. Well, to make what him say, edit? what can I say except you're gay?
4: Please send it to my boyfriend. <laughs> and that's the punchline. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Seriously, if, if you have that's, the link, please send it to me later.
0: thing. I mean, there, there's another video of that on YouTube. I just wanted to see if I could edit it to make it say that, and I could. So, Alright,
2: yeah. right. I have troubling news for you. Uh, the results came back, and... Turns out you're gay. I already knew that, doctor. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Alright, so, uh... Number seven. Let's go. Ah, right. My number seven is... uh, A similar uh, title. Mulan. That Uh, is pretty similar. When you think... I mean, they they even have the same number of letters. And And they they share three of them. Yeah, but... These two... Uh, I wouldn't really say that these are similar films other than they're both musicals, but Mulan, I am... It's definitely one of the better uh, versions of the whole, you know, girl power message because I, I, I feel like so often when it comes to that kind of stuff, it just feels very cynical. Like, the the movie's only doing it, you know, for brownie points. It doesn't feel genuine but this film does feel genuine because of the way they present Mulan as being a character that actually does strong and inspirational things. It's kind of like um, with the contemporary examples I can think of. It's co- comparing uh, Avengers Endgame to a scene from uh, The Boys. Uh, has anyone seen that show? Not yet, but I want to. Um, well... I won't. I won't get into specific spoilers, but basically, uh, there in the End Game, there's a, you know the famous scene where you know all the all the female superheroes you know line up like she's got help like that just feels like very you know cynical and obvious like it just didn't feel natural in the story of the film. Whereas there is a scene from the Boys that is very similar to that where like uh, all. These women characters like curb stop this bad guy, and that is in itself is actually really cool because it's just awesome seeing these all these girls just like beat the shit out of this person. It's just real, and it's really satisfying every time. <laughs> and and just one of the characters is like, "Wow, I guess girls really do get it done." It's just it is just really funny. Yeah. And so yeah, Mulan, uh, girl is girl power for the win. Yep. I, I do still think that uh, Mushu probably did a bit too many uh, bad things, but uh, he, he's still funny. Yeah, not, not, as ma- not, not as many as in the sequel. Yeah.
0: yeah,
2: yeah, the sequel makes me appreciate him a lot more. That's for sure. Yeah, when yeah, Eddie remember, Murphy's gone.
0: Yeah, I remember uh, Phoenix's uh, alternate title for the sequel was uh, "Mushu Destroys
1: China." <laughs>
5: I I remember some Giant did like um, uh, he often she often likes to compare the first Mulan, saying like. I am going to defend China and like re- and regain my family's honor. So Mulan 2. Yeah, fuck China. Let's get married. <laughs> oh
2: man, that moves so that's, that's basically what that film is. Oh yeah. Yeah, like, And then they have and then they have a crashing the wedding scene. <laughs> so stupid. So,
5: yeah, like Star China also said something for a Hunchback Hunchback Notre Dame and its sequel. But if you want to know, go ask her about it because the way she did it is just too funny. I can't even touch it.
0: Gotcha. Alright, uh, Ouija, number seven.
4: My number seven is a tale of a hero rising from loss of strength and reclaiming what was once theirs.
5: Black Hercules. Oh,
4: that's
2: Hercu- Oh, Hercules, yeah. yeah.
0: Honey, you mean yeah. huncules. Honey, you
4: mean how
2: Honey, you mean oh.
4: Get your sword. <laughs> Uh, and my mean, reasoning for Hercules is mainly out of nostalgic reasons. Out of watching my parents play it on their PlayStation when I was younger.
2: Oh, okay. The, uh, the, uh which, which PlayStation? The first one? PlayStation 2. The
4: it was, was backwards. Com- it there. was
2: reverse compatible. Nice. Ah.
4: Another reason of liking it is the musical numbers in it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I like listening to One Last Hope whenever I do a workout because it just has that motivational value to it.
3: And
2: and the fact that they got Danny DeVito to sing a song and not have it be cringy is, uh, (laughs) yes, uh, very, very admirable. They wrote
3: it in his
0: range, much less cringy than his uh, song for that child beauty pageant, and it's always sunny.
2: Ooh. Well, that, that's just funny, Cringy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna look that up later. Okay. Hey, so I got a question for you. Do you bang the dead bodies. <laughs> oh God, I love that show. I, I'll judge you. I mean, when you're dead, you're dead. Oh shit, is my <laughs> mic on? <laughs>
5: yeah.
2: yeah, I love the I love the lesson of the I love the lesson of that episode that Dennis
0: says child beauty pageants are a tried American tradition, but not a proud one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: All right,
4: uh, Wesley? Uh, yeah. At least it's
2: cuties.
3: <laughs> Here we go. Number seven, a movie I actually was kind of hesitant for, but decided to include anyway, Fantasia, the original. Hey. hey. It, uh, you now have my respect. I am listening. It's an, a rich, It's a completely unique, completely innovative film. There is really nothing like it. It still manages to have that beautiful music, even if I think the right of Spring sequence is a little dated. It's still beautiful to look at, fun to listen to. It's just so captivating with it. All eight segments managed to deliver. Well, I guess seven, because the last one's fused. deliver, and I like the little goes and goofs it up, the orchestra, because I noticed those little details. It's... And the Sorcerer's Apprentice scene on its own makes for just great viewing. I had a collection of Mickey Mouse shorts when I was younger. That was one of them. And just that segment on its own is moving and everything Fantasia sets out to do by capturing the music. Um, And it really helped to bring the appreciation of classical music to That's- the other people. Like Toccata and Fugue, Sorcerer's Apprentice, Dance of the Hours. These were all pieces that were brought into the mainstream attention by Fantasia. 2000 is pretty good too, but I feel like the original stands out as its own thing. It's like a teacher conveying a lecture to the students. And I really appreciate it for that. I've awesome. kind of been get on and off, and I think I voted Cinderella in the Elite Eight, but, but I'm sticking with Fantasia a little higher here just because I have a bit more appreciation for it. Yeah.
2: Plus, I still find it a little lazy that Fantasia 2000 basically just reused one of the shorts and didn't even, like, do anything with it.
3: Yeah. Well, they was trying to the plan to, to mix and match by including some old segments whenever the film was re-released. That kind of voted it at least to make it a little bit more to hit it, at least do something
4: new. Would it have been better if they actually reanimated it shot for shot
2: by using the modern technology?
3: Yeah, I, I, I thought that would have been different. a great idea. Mm-hmm. That would have been something else.
2: At least, at least it would have been different. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but different while still being the same. I remember with Dance of the Hours uh, saying that I, I recognized the music but I couldn't remember where I'd heard it. But then it hit me. It was that that Looney Tunes uh one of the first Looney Tunes cartoon shorts where the dynamite dance where like Bug, oh yeah. bugs is just it's
3: like, also hello mother, hello fada.
2: It bugs like is just like blowing up uh Elmer Fug with different uh forms of dynamite <laughs> in <laughs> a very creative ways. I, I love how guns are off limits, but you could still use like pickaxes and uh scythes and dynamite and a bunch of other different weapons <laughs> uh, anything's legal as long as you're not shooting someone yeah <laughs> all right so, uh, anything Jackson,
5: else to add your turn. Oh. Okay, for, my, for my number seven choice this is going to be a rather another rather unpopular opinion but I talked about it once in a podcast before number seven is Ralph Breaks the Internet I had oh, a feeling geez.
0: this one was going to be on your list somewhere oh
2: my
5: fine yeah. My
2: poor old heart.
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um with Ralph in, yeah, like um when I saw the first Ralph rector Ralph. I mean, I was, this is the kind of film that I was hoping to get more out of record, the first record, Ralph. Even though I like the first one fine, this is kind of what I want to see more of it. I want to see more of the world they live in. I want to see them go to different places. Like the first one, they were just kind of like mostly in one place. They were like just in Sugar Rush. But in this one, they like go to different locations while the story keeps progressing. And I, lo- and I love it for that. I love the different humor that they have in. Like, I'll admit, there were, like, some different kind of internet-based humor or memes that, like, um were in, like, different shows or something like that. Some of them did good, while other times they were just kind of cringeworthy and just kind of felt dated. Like the Emoji movie. But this one, I feel like, is that movie done right? Because they actually tell good jokes out of it. One of my favorite jokes is when um Ralph, like, throws a, throws a big sign on one of the internet people and it loses their internet connection. That one that joke had me, like, laughing hysterically in the theater when I saw it. And, uh... There's a I a other... give this...
2: I will uh. give this film credit that, uh... The, they do uh, really... <laughs> the running joke with the bees <laughs> because <laughs> they know that a bee movie is, like, such a meme on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. They said... Still- Open such a-,
3: a Fortnite reference, but they forget that Fortnite is another word for two weeks time. So,
5: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I also love the scene the scene with the Disney when Um Vanelby goes into the Disney site, all the different jokes and and references. I I always got like um I love the little cameo from Humphrey Bear. I love all and the different-
4: Ranger Audubon.
5: Yeah, that's true. And if you look closely, on the top of the Mickey Sorcerer's building you can see Mickey Mouse himself, traditionally animated by Mark Henn, who's like a legendary Disney animator today.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: <laughs> that's nice. And I love the Disney princess scene. I love like all the interaction. I love how they even brought Paige O'Hara back as Belle. All the different voice actors they managed to bring back. I love the Alan Langton song, the Vanelby scenes, and all around, I just really like the relationship between R- Ralph and Vanelby. I don't really find it as toxic as people say it is. Like, I actually find their relationship to be genuinely charming. It has a lot of really nice and sweet moments. And I especially love, um, J.P.'s family. Like, the pop-up ad that was voiced by Bill Hader. Like, um, when he was, like, pushed aside by an ad block security guard light thing, I'm just like, oh my gosh, Disney. You actually got me to feel sympathy for a pop-up ad. How the heck did you do that? I'm like, that surprised me. I also like, um...
2: Yeah, you get Bill Hader to voice him.
5: <laughs> yeah. And like At first I was kind of like a little bit iffy that it's to feel it's and Calhoun didn't get enough screen time, but they made up for it in a great joke when they were at the end of Shutter Rush just playing their parenting and we barely got to hear it. That joke I think was funny. And there was also um a, two great jokes at the end with the credits. That the, the way that they mentioned the trailer, the way how they do the trailer in the end credits, ingenious. I don't think I've ever seen another movie do that. And I'm not going to give away the end cred scene because they're too funny. They You need to see them for themselves. Anyone who's we watched this. Got
3: spoiled in the trailer. So.
5: Yeah. So, um, I know Ralph it has this controversy, but I don't care. I loved it before when I first saw it. I love it now. So, Ralph Braziano, that's my number seven choice.
0: Alright. I
5: get the feeling,
0: uh, I get the feeling that uh, Your List Yoda is uh, probably going to be the more the most interesting one in terms of the picks.
5: Yeah. Kind of feel that way. Yeah.
0: Anyway, uh, my number seven uh, is uh, a film that's already been on someone else's list. It is Lilo and Stitch. Oh! Yeah.
2: yeah. A little bit higher than mine.
0: Yep. Uh, and just like you, uh, High, the higher film with a Polynesian rep than Moana, although in my case <laughs> yeah. it's uh, by a single factor, and it's pretty much for all the reasons that you said earlier, Carrick. Uh, the sister relationship, the stuff with the aliens, uh, looks great, uh, and it's one of the it's one of those movies that actually did make me cry, but not because of a single scene, but more like the culmination of a bunch of scenes, like meeting its uh, inevitable conclusion. It was a very slow burn, I guess you'd call it.
1: Right, right.
2: right. Uh, number six. Let's go. And my number six is Wreck-It Ralph. The first one. I, uh, I've said before that uh, I am pretty. This is pretty much uh, one of my uh, bias picks because I am such a gamer. And I love all of the little Easter eggs, all the nods, and just how how faithful this thing is to just the history of gaming in general. And it it just and unlike something like Food Fight, it doesn't feel uh, cynical because you know these are because these video game characters they already uh, have stood the test of time. We know that they're timeless, which was one of the problems that I have with Ralph Breaks the Internet. It just it makes a bunch of references to things wow. that. We don't know if they're going to be timeless like 10 years from now. Whereas, you know, people are still probably going to be talking about characters like Pac Man or Sonic in 30 years from now. And I, I, I don't really, uh, it doesn't bother me that much that it doesn't uh, go to too many different worlds because I feel like it taking place mostly in Sugar Rush like helps the story feel more focused. And plus, Sugar Rush is already a pretty varied locale in, in its own right. Like seeing I wish
3: them go to Tomorrowland test track to Sugar Rush. The test track is nice, but it needs a little pizzazz. Hmm.
2: And uh, cause even because you got the the secret uh, bonus level where they make the cart. They you got the uh, this secret stage where like Vanellope lives inside the uh, Mount the volcano, and you got King Candy's castle and the place where. He accesses the code of the entire game, and yes, they do make a nice little nod with the Konami code there. And
3: up, up, down, down, left, right, A, B, start. Up, up, down,
2: yeah. And up, up down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start.
3: And, and yeah, you're bored doing that now. <laughs> but
2: and all the the voice actors do a really good job. I, I feel you know it's a a good case of getting people based on how they care getting actors to service the characters, as opposed to making characters specifically to service the actors. Like that's what I prefer when it comes to celebrity casting because, and, cause everyone does a great job and they still feel like their characters.
3: Right. I, my personal stance with celebrity voices, if if they want it, they should audition like they do for any other role.
2: Mhm. Which mm-hmm. I guess with the exception of Robin Williams because like he, you know, he, he's the guy who started the whole thing. Yeah. Robin he's Williams like, doesn't addition. Yeah. The role addition's him. Mm-hmm. But in in any case, yeah, uh, and Ralph and they have a be- oh, just a beautiful friendship and the scene where Ralph destroys her car, it just Oof. it always leaves me in shambles, man. It just And King Candy is a really good example of twist villain because he's an antagonist throughout, but then we learn the real twist, that he's basically a mirror of what Ralph could become. He went Turbo. Yeah, he was Turbo all along. I love that that twist so much, man. That's one of my favorite... And the fact that the one who first mentions Turbo came
4: from a game with Turbo in the name. And Bison.
2: Everyone's like... Are you going turbo? Like, and then we finally uh, learn what turbo means uh, when uh, uh, Calhoun is being explained it by of uh, Felix.
3: I like how um, I like how um, Zangief of all people is the voice of reason for Ralph. Yeah. I mean, Zangief
4: isn't exactly an actual villain, but more so like portrayed as one in some exactly. cases.
3: Okay. And another joke that made me laugh is where Ralph checks the security, and they said, "Name." Lara Croft, <laughs> name it was just.
2: They're all like presented as like nine to fivers. It's just it's really, and, and even even though the, uh, you know the the people, all the the townspeople like they treat Ralph harshly. That it's a case of um, you never realize how important something is it is until you lose it.
3: Yeah, I always interpreted this as sort of an allegory for actors and actors being typecast. So. So viewed from that lens, it becomes quite clever. That that is a really
2: good point. And so once they realize like how much they actually need Ralph, like that that's when they learn to you know start treating him better. And but even then, Ralph still accepts his role because like he's he's the bad guy. But that's it. That's okay because like that's just what his strong suit. And I I can attest to that too because there have been plen- plenty of times where like I might want to audition for something, but. I know I probably can't because, like, I might sound too young, or the character might be too intense—just things like that. Like, everyone has their own range, and you know you gotta learn to work with it. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, uh, I talked long enough. Luigi, you can you can go now.
4: This is number six, right? Yes. Yes. Six. Okay. My number six is actually Pinocchio. Hmm. Oh, great. Ah. Bring, oh, right, bring oh. it, oh. it old school. I
3: contemplate putting it on my list too, hmm. but let's hear yours.
4: Thing. I think it's a good tale about like following your morals, along with some timeless tunes and a show of what happens when you can become a literal jackass. Mm. Uh, and it gave what is possibly one of the most recognizable worlds in
2: Kingdom Hearts.
3: Monstro, yeah, yeah.
2: I it's
4: great
3: to be what? a celebrity. What
4: was
2: well, an actor want well, with a conscience anyway?
3: An yeah. actor's life is gay. Oh my gosh, they had no idea.
1: Mm.
4: <laughs> and the fact that Jiminy actually ogled the puppets.
2: Right? he's a cricket. Why does he think they're they're pretty? <laughs> he's like,
4: oh my word. Well, now what do we have? Oh. Yeah. sure Pinocchio won't mind if I'm gone for five
3: minutes we actually watched this in one of my classes when we were discussing ethics and they talked about the the ideas of what you would do unsupervised that sort of thing
5: yeah but um, I, sh- I should bring up like, since spoilers, Pinocchio isn't going to be on my list but I will bring up a really nice fact about um, my dad actually my late father he always told me that he had a tape of my first, of the first words I ever spoke. And according to him, my first words were, I'm a real boy. <laughs> wow. Yep. According to him, my first words that I ever spoke were, I'm a real boy. Oh, I'm a real boy. How
3: perfect. How fitting.
5: Yep. I just thought I was just bringing up, especially from my dad, who I still miss.
2: Uh, Jackson, I think you you might be a bit close to your mic. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a little bit muff, muffled, and scratchy. Sorry about that. Okay, there we go. Uh, sorry about your dad.
5: It's fine.
4: Mm-hmm. Anyways, that was my thoughts on Pinocchio. Like,
3: yeah. oops! I guess we had it set to the real boy ending. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love. I just love the randomness of that. Like, why <laughs> would you have
2: that setting?
4: The superabsolutely droughts. Yeah. What the? <laughs> yeah. Ocean Man. Oh, that, cool. that
2: movie yeah, you is a
0: forget- classic.
2: You, yeah. even for- you even forget that King Neptune's voice like Jeffrey Tambor, but oh, well. yeah, <laughs> right. oh wow. Uh, so,
3: uh, All right, yeah. number six. All right. My number six is another film that's been discussed. I contemplate putting it higher, but I'm just going to settle with Beauty and the Beast. It's, it's probably the best of the story bits. It's got some great songs, and I don't think Disney's ever done a better princess movie. Belle just a great character. She's super relatable. She's a dork but a fun kind. And Raccoon Bro already discussed a lot of the merits. And again, I'm thinking the Mob song might be the best one because it's just a great crowd song and it's instantly catchy and hummable. But I really applaud the crew for going all out and making this feel so realized and, and great. It looks amazing. And I just don't really have much more to add.
2: Can I rant a little bit? I don't understand. I don't know, but
3: we can roll with it. That's the whole point.
2: What is up with Disney's obsession lately to make LeFou like a good guy?
3: Like, I don't know. know. Maybe it's just cause he's bumbling, but lovable. But like,
2: he's equally as nasty as Gaston. Like he makes fun of uh, Belle's father. Like, oh, you know, i like, you don't get crazier than that. Like, I don't understand. Like they made like that whole thing where it's like you think you know the real story, but it, in actuality, it was LeFou like pulling the strings. Like he's the one. Like that's. I, just, I it, sent you that video. Yeah, you sent it to me, and I I was like, this makes no sense. There's there's no reason he would be in the castle while the mob is storming it because he was I, in the he was in angry mob. He was.
3: I think he was right behind Gaston. He was singing right with them
2: it made it made zero sense i did not enjoy it i'm sorry
5: <laughs> i get it but like i tolerate it because it was just like incredibly random i'm just like okay this is a thing i'm just like i only saw it because i'm like i was like morbidly curious on what it was i'm just like i think my sister said it best when i showed it to her she just said why is this strictly lefou based i'm like yeah it doesn't get any better than that thanks sis. <laughs>
3: They're trying to make it like Olaf, I guess, but the thing is he's not Olaf. He's also pretty angry and irate. Yeah,
2: yeah. I guess they just did it because like wait, did it come before or after the Beauty and the Beast remake?
3: I
5: think after. I it was
1: oh, oh, after yeah, I guess, it.
2: I guess I guess since Josh Gad played LeFou.
1: Yeah, in
2: the remake. Yeah. Well I, I do appreciate that they at least got Jess Cordy back.
5: Yeah. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Angela Lansbury, too, she, like, she narrated it. Yeah, they show LaFood yeah. dancing
3: with a guy for a split second, blink and you'll miss it, but but apparently Ugh. that
4: was enough. Whatever. Yeah.
2: It was enough to ban the film in several countries.
3: <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: Just, just like with Onward.
3: Still think they would need to do a little better and LaFood wasn't the right person, but okay. All right. So that's it for you? yeah Yeah. all right
2: i
5: just
2: i'm glad i I got that off my chest (laughs)
5: okay good for you so my number seven choice it goes to the little mermaid number six but all right number (laughs) six number six (laughs) right the
3: little mermaid yeah
5: yeah the little mermaid is my next choice this is a film that i would definitely describe as being timeless I should say the first time that I ever saw the film was actually on its 1998 video release, re-release. Thanks. Like and like, I thought it was new at the time, and like I was actually kind of surprised that it came out eleven years after, eleven years before its video release because it, like, this is a film that you'd watch anytime and it still feels like it was made yesterday. VHS was new back then; they had to work out distribution. Yeah, what's also interesting about The Little Mermaid is that this was actually the first time a recent Disney film actually came out shortly after its date of release on video. Like, for a while, Disney wasn't releasing their newer films on VHS, but The Little Mermaid proved to be such a success. They just said, hey, let's release this on video, and then they decided to stick with it for its future films.
3: Did you get the little bit about the fish in the bull at the beginning? The fish in the bowl? Yes, I did. Yeah, that- I would. Like that fell. kind of felt like padding
5: but at least it was fun padding. I'm really honest like um,
3: they're times... The um. you
2: know,
5: like at the, at the opening of the movie, like Jody Benson the voice of Ariel is with these two computer animated fish and they're like sitting through like the previews of what's coming at Disney like Mulan, a bud's Life, like all the stuff that came out in
3: 1998. Right. Hmm. Yeah, yeah the, the old Disney VHSs used to do those promos too. Uh-huh. I think it was like Disney Channel or something that was in charge.
2: I was not aware of that.
3: Mm-hmm. But, VHS times
5: were weird. Yeah, but like but like what everyone else said about The Little Murray, it's definitely a film that changed a lot and brought back the Disney magic. It started the Disney Renaissance. Ariel is such a great Disney lead. Disney lead, especially like as a Disney princess. She was definitely one of my Disney princess like woman heroes growing up. Like I always like found her such a joy to watch. And like and I like to defend her. Like um she is not sitting around. She she's not spoiled. She like she would she was not mentally thinking straight after her grotto was destroyed by her dad. Of course she was gonna like resort to something so quiddly with Ursula. Yeah,
3: of course she doesn't sell her voice for a man. She doesn't really even care about Eric at first. She just wants to get out more. Yeah.
5: yeah.
2: Yeah, Eric is more like a uh, a bonus. <laughs> yeah.
5: Uh-huh.
2: Uh and uh even though Ariel doesn't speak for like half of the film, her character still shines through thanks to James Baxter, the character yeah. animator. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah. And uh I love uh, I love all the characters. I really love Sebastian. I really like how there's two different kind of um, uh King's like late like, servants like with Sebastian and Grimsby. But they're two different characters and two different fun characters, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Like they're they're not the same personality.
2: And it's I'm a I am I always appreciate when characters like Scuttle actually have a role to play in the story. Because like if it wasn't for him, like Ariel wouldn't have even known about Ursula's plan.
5: Yeah. <laughs> like, I really, did
3: like, I miss you?
5: Aww. <laughs> Yeah, I really, I really like I really liked Star. I especially love his line, Ariel. I was flying, and well, of, of course I was flying. That, <laughs> that's a line that always cracks me up, and I especially love, I especially love the chef from The Little Mermaid, Chef Louis. His chase with Sebastian is, in my opinion, one of the funniest Disney sequences ever put in their history of films. Right, he As was in, played by
3: Odo from Deep Space Nine, which I thought was pretty cool.
5: Yeah it's a scene that absolutely kills me every single time I see it. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and like, le
2: Pasol, Le Pasol. How I love Le <laughs> Yeah.
5: And uh, I love the music, too. This is Howard Ashman and Alan Menken's first ever Disney film. Well, okay, Howard Ashman worked on the lyrics or Oliver Comedy, but this is the first one he did with Alan Menken. And the songs are just so wonderful and catchy, especially the score, too. Like, this is Aladdin's breakthrough role as a composer, and he did it very well. I love the the animation of it, the underwater feel of it. I love the the happy ending that Ariel gets, especially how Teen Drain has to let her go. So, um, with all these combined, this is why The Little Mermaid gets my number six vote. Have you guys ever seen the sequel? I have.
3: Uh, yeah, I didn't like it. I've it seen.
0: Was, uh, I saw it when I was like bad. really young. Uh, I don't remember is, much about it.
2: Uh, at least Tara Strong's in it. Yeah. <laughs> Back when right. Steve was still Terra Chadendorf. Huh. Alright. I actually, so... actually,
5: actually, actually really like the second one. The third one though, I do not like.
2: Uh the
0: footloose it's... ripoff.
5: Yeah. <laughs> footloose without feet. <laughs> Star Giant came up came up with a really funny joke about King drain on how he rules all the sea. <laughs> we were talking about the Lion King, this is what he said. Um, Mufasa, so King's right. Everything the light touches is our kingdom, except the ocean. It's mine. <laughs> uh, everything uh, the light touches <laughs> belongs
2: to somebody else.
5: Yeah, that's also a great line. Yeah. Right. Okay. Everything so- the light
2: touches is our kingdom, except <laughs> for the ocean. It's mine. Wait, have you guys ever seen the meme where it's like, "Look, Simba, everything the light touches is our kingdom," and Simba was like. Well, what about that dark place over there? And uh, Mufasa says, "What did I just say?"
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. All right. All right.
0: Uh, let's, uh, let's move on before we hack. Into it. <laughs> and too late. Okay. All right. What did I just say? So, uh, my number six is uh the many adventures of winnie the pooh almost entirely because of nostalgic reasons but the more that we've talked about it on the podcast in the past uh the more i've come to appreciate it as a work on its own so yeah and uh now that we're at the halfway point i think this is a good time to quickly go through some honorable mentions
2: all right uh it's funny that you mentioned Winnie the Pooh. If uh, I were to do top twenty, I feel like Winnie the Pooh would probably be uh, Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Specifically, that would probably be my number eleven. Yeah, uh, it's very, it's very close, like because it's just such an important film to me. Uh, others and in- others for me include uh, The Little Mermaid, Zootopia, two two very big ones, and two more underrated ones: uh, Meet the Robinsons and 101 Dalmatians. Uh, I, meet the I've robinsons
0: de- that's a movie that needs more love
2: i just i really am still beyond angry about how early that film got eliminated and 101 dalmatians i will die on that hill man i think that i still think it's the best one when disney was still around yeah. to come out <laughs> Okay. because i that's i just love it that much nice yeah uh ouija
0: you got some honorable mm-hmm. mentions
4: Eh, uh, not really. Well, Nightmare Be- Before Christmas. Yeah, yeah, children. Nightmare Before Christmas. That's one of them. Another honorable mention is the Three Caballeros.
2: Oh, really? Three. Yeah. They say we are birds of a feather.
4: Yeah. We're happy amigos, no matter where he goes. The one, two, and three goes. <laughs> we're always together. I,
3: have maybe you guys seen the legend of the Three Caballeros on Disney Plus? It's right. pretty funny. Yo, Panchito, please some of that. give a season
2: two and make them go to St. Canard. Yeah. yeah. I would have loved it if in that scene, uh, Donald and Jose were like, yo, Panchito, you can't just insert yourself into friend
3: groups. That's not how this works. Yeah.
2: Also, <laughs> yes, it is, amigo. Yeah, It's also,
3: what the plot demands. Yeah. Also, I know they were in the House of Mouse, but I think this is the first time Daisy's nieces get a voice. Mm, yeah. Mm,
5: oh. yeah. Uh, although I, I will say this, though. I'm sorry I'm about Legend Town Carers, but Cavaliers but in that show Daisy is a bitch. Oh
3: yeah. Uh,
4: Daisy's a complete utter ass.
3: She kind of is in the old shorts too but she's more balanced. But like, um, in, but, but in this, something I could
5: say. Like in like, this show yeah. I in this show though I can't stand her. She's like she's one she's easily the worst part about but even though I do really I like the show. Yeah. Yeah but also
3: um Daisy's nieces are all voiced by Flame Princess. Yeah, yeah, Jessica Takiko. Right. I can never pronounce her last name, so that's why I called her Flame Princess. I just I'll,
2: assume it I just assume it's Takiko. It, I wouldn't be surprised if it's something else.
3: Yeah, but she does a good job. I c it sounds like they're three different people. That's versatility.
5: Oh, and of course um, Wayne Knight is great as Baron von Scheld mm. Yeah. Right. Hey uh so
3: I guess I should go. Yeah. All right. I had quite a few honorable mentions, actually. Princess of the Frog, a film I really gushed about early. Ooh, on that's a good one that I had. That I had. It's got some fun moments. It's got some. It's got. It's a great villain. It has a little bit of pay, story and pacing problems. They kept it from the list, but it's still good. Both our finalists were shortlisted, but I couldn't find a place for them. But Lion King and Emperor's New Groove would both be top twenty. I, yeah. I really respect Lion King and enjoy its story and Emperor's New Groove is just a great comedy but I just couldn't find a place for them. Tangled I like for its reinventiveness and its fun humor. Took a while to grow on me but I do really enjoy it and the fun spins it's on. And then also the OG Snow White that movie still has the power to scare me and move me emotionally didn't have a lot of followers or fans in the second round, but I was one of the five. I just love the dwarves. I think Snow White is underrated as a character because she has sort of a motherly attitude and she's nice, but she also keeps the dwarves and teaches them to behave. So it's really nice and beautiful to watch. And one more, a film I wanted to include but couldn't really find a place for on the list. I'm probably a bigger fan of this than anyone else melody time hey hey. Oh, oh yeah i
0: remember we were the only two people to vote for this over wreck it ralph in round one yeah but melody
3: time is just great it's got some good musical arrangements it's probably the best sequenced of the package films it a lot of the music despite being in the 40s is still catchy and still fun i like a lot of the animations the standouts are of course pecos bill and johnny appleseed because they're the American legends that they were apparently originally going for. But I also recommend Bumble Boogie on its own. Melody Time is just fun. I grew up watching it. I really I really like all the stuff that goes in on it. And, and it at least has cohesion. Unlike, a, unlike Make My Music, there's at least an MC and sequence that feels like a program. It inspired me to do a semi remake of it. What music land they cool, uh, took it off YouTube, but I still have the Google d- Drive link, so yeah,
2: sweet. Let's put it on this video to get it demonetized.
3: <laughs> 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 no, mine got fully blocked. Oh, oh, jeez, oh, never mind then. It was a copyright <laughs> claim that just totally wiped the video, but. But I still had fun. I even inserted my own new footage. But cool. but yeah, those are my honorable mentions. Sorry, Melody Time. I just couldn't find a place for you. Think of it as number 11.
2: All right. I didn't get to talk about Melody Time before. I just want to say real quick, Widowmaker sucks. Yeah. yeah. he's he is, he is a terrible horse. Yep.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, yep. Yoda, your honorable mentions?
5: Okay, um, I have quite a lot of honorable mentions, so I'm just going to, like, breeze through them a bit quickly. I, don't, I guess from 11 to 20, I guess I should say. Okay. And Fun and Fancy Free, Sleepy Beauty, The Aristocats, Tarzan, Hercules, Robin Hood, Peter Pan, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, and The Princess and the Frog. Hmm. A
0: lot of the- heavy hitters. Some I wasn't quite expecting. Once again, your <laughs> list proves to be more interesting than mine, at least.
4: <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. <laughs>
0: Definitely did not expect Aristocats in your top twenty. That's that's fascinating. That
3: movie's so f-
2: I love making fun of that movie. I'm sorry.
5: <laughs> okay, it, it, it's a childhood favorite of me and my sister.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah right.
5: that's that's reasonable. And
0: uh, real quickly, uh, some of my honorable mentions. Um, these would actually be my eleven and twelve, and I swear to God, it is a coincidence. Uh, Lion King and Emperor's New Groove. Like ah, I said, I've had this. Boom, list, baby! I've had this list since the Sweet Sixteen. This is pure coincidence. I did not plan it out this way.
2: We uh, we specific. We already knew your list, and we specifically didn't want to have anything in your top ten because uh, we wanted to spite you.
0: Uh, you bastards! All right, so. Uh, Here. Um, other honorable mentions include uh, uh, melody time like Wesley's like Wesley, for the same reasons. Uh, the Rescuers Down Under, which kind of like Bolt got the short end of the stick early on in this tournament, but I still think is very underrated, very visually impressive, and the story is really nice. Characters are great. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, I enjoy Alice in Wonderland for all the surreal weirdness and having Alice as a great straight character. I'm um, trying to think of what else is a good honorable mention. Um, I guess I'll go to bat for Frozen. I know that one has kind of an iffy reputation now, but I liked it just as much uh, for this tournament when I saw it in theaters. Not enough to get in the top 10, but I do have an appreciation for it. And I think it's fine. Yeah. All right, I guess we'll leave it at that. Uh, now, as we go into the top five, um, I kind of want to make a point to kind of go a little more quickly so that we're not you know, spending way too much time here. I know we like these really long podcasts, but this is this is dragging out a bit. So, uh, you know, maybe, so yeah, so like keep a bit more, bit more, uh, yeah. Two hours already. Yeah, a uh, bit more, con- right. bit more concision, I guess. All right, and well, uh, my well, actually, like
3: my movies have already oh, been yeah. discussed. So, right.
0: So I'm actually, time. I I actually want to start off with mine since I'm not elaborating too much. So for the rest of these, okay. I'll start, and then you guys can go, and then yeah, just. Do it from there okay all right so my number five movie uh treasure planet uh so yes. i feel like this movie's uh motto for the animation and design is fuck you this is cool <laughs> and that's an attitude
2: that spreads throughout the whole movie and i love it for that <laughs> i am saving that quote for later <laughs> disney films used to be all about flexing on like look at what we could do with this technology look how awesome we are and i miss that attitude from disney
0: it's like why do we have a pirate ship in space why not like science isn't about I wish, why
2: I would, it's about
5: why not
2: i wish they would <laughs> uh go back to that attitude again for their films oh me too but anyway right. uh what's your number five my number reckon? five my number five is hercules i really enjoy the art style i think that hades uh phil uh and Meg are some of the best di- written Disney characters. Uh, Hercules himself is also a really fun protagonist and uh yeah, it's it's really good and it in spite of the fact that it's not exactly, you know, Greek, you know, accurate, that doesn't really matter as much to me because, you know, it's it's just myth. Like it it can be, you know, interpreted as you want. Yeah. I guess may- maybe it would be a little bit different if it was like about Jesus or something. <laughs> yeah. But Anyway, oh god,
0: I'm just imagining Disney's Jesus. Well, <laughs> Jesus, you may be
2: a son of God, but you
0: sure are a son of a.
1: <laughs>
0: oh god. Weegee, uh, number five.
4: Weegee, my number five is many adventures of Winnie mm-hmm. the Pooh. Mm-hmm. Yay! Very good. Very good. Main reason being, like it's essentially the epitome of childhood. Yeah. And I really relate to Tigger on like an inner level.
0: Like a spiritual hmm. level.
4: He's like your spirit animal. Hmm. <laughs> he is the spirit animal of all with ADHD. Oh, yeah,
3: totally. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess it's me now. Bring it on. Really brief um, number five Zootopia has been mentioned twice before. The joke's still land. The slot didn't. The slot DMV joke was kind of killed for me in the trailers, but that's about it. I did like the mystery. I kind of appreciate Bellwether Bear on my third watch, so yeah,
5: keeping it rapid fire. Cool. And number five choice is The Emperor's New Groove.
3: Finally, someone mentions a
5: finalist. Yep, I, I love the I love the humor. I love how it's like completely different from many other Disney films, but in the best way possible. I love the two leads with Emperor Custo and Pacha, and then they have a really great chemistry. I felt that even even a lot of, like, the heartfelt moments work really strong here. I love the villains with Yizuma and Krunt. They're easily the funniest part of the movie. I love the fast-paced animation of it. I love how this is also, like, definitely one of the more lighthearted Disney films, but still has a lot of, like, really good adult stuff in there, too. So, number five choice is The Emperor's New Groove.
2: Well, when you think about it, Nick Nick kind of already mentioned them in his honorable mentions. Yeah, very briefly. And so did Wesley. Or was it you, Rick Herrick?
3: Nope, it was me.
0: Okay. Kind of lost track there. Whatever. All right, uh, so moving on to number four. Uh, Yoda, you know how you were asking if ties were allowed? Uh Uh-huh. Well, uh, this is actually my uh, tie position. And I'll actually Ah. give you guys the opportunity to guess what they are.
3: Hmm.
4: The hmm. Black Cauldron and Song S of the Sounds
3: Um Let's see. Why did you give an S rating to He hasn't mentioned? It no.
2: no. Uh, uh,
3: probably number two. I'm pretty sure discussing is probably gonna run us over right. in, like the two hour mark.
0: Okay, here's a hint. There are two movies that I keep making comparisons to. Shrek. Including in this very podcast. <laughs>
2: uh Gee. uh <laughs> snow white and cinderella, cinderella
3: and little mermaid
2: cinderella and little mermaid that's it okay all right
0: <laughs> yeah
1: i
3: knew one of them yeah, was cinderella,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, i keep saying the i've been saying before like cinderella is to the 50s what little mermaid is to the late 80s and uh, that carries over into the film's quality as well. I legitimately can't decide which one I like more, so they're both getting my number four spot.
3: Good on you, <laughs> and we both discuss and we discussed those already. So moving on.
5: Yes. So you know what's strange? There was this one episode of the Looney Tune show I saw where they saw Granny as like um someone in her twenties. She looks exactly like Cinderella. Really? It is no. ins- <laughs> it is insane. Mm. Is that the
0: one with her backstory as, like, a yes, World War II vet? Yes, that one. That's awesome. Yeah,
2: yeah. And it turns out Tweety Bird's, like, 70 years old or something. <laughs> yeah. Damn. All right, uh, Carrick, you're number four. Oh, right. Uh, my number four is The Lion King. It's uh, Still great. Basically the epitome of Disney, like, grandeur, I guess you could say. And, which, and that's why it's so iconic to this day. Mm-hmm. And not not much else to say that hasn't already been said. Yeah, we've been...
5: Can... Hey, Carrot, Carrot, I thought you told me you didn't change your vote on Lilo and Stitch on The Lion King. No, I did. Oh, okay. Well, okay.
2: But Basically, uh, I still think Lion King's a better film. I just, I voted for Lilo and Stitch at the time because I was like, eh, I saw it more recently and, you know. Yeah, ah, i I also felt like Lion King was probably gonna win anyway so mm-hmm.
0: okay yeah I mean if it then again if everyone has that same mindset then the vote can easily be flipped
2: Oh yeah like yeah. the episode of South Park where it's like uh it's okay to pee in the pool as long as I, I'm not I'm the only I'm the only one peeing in it but then the whole like like park yeah. turns into pee.
0: It's like like that one character from Great Gatsby saying that she doesn't need to be a good driver as long as everyone else is paying attention.
4: (laughs) Yeah, Ouija, Ouija, number four. My number four is Moana. Hey, nice. Love it. Uh, It'd be more so like my... uh, uh, It would be like my number 11, but thanks to my boyfriend having a Polynesian background, he actually helped me see it in a whole new light. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm, and I'm, I can yeah. hear him in my head right now saying, what can I say except
3: you're welcome. Yeah, well, um, my number four, I'm going a little old school. It's a film we haven't talked about yet, but it's Dumbo. It might surprise yes. you. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Baby Never underestimate the power of the feels And Dumbo with the baby mind scene is just so moving, so poignant. I'm impressed how it's able to project emotion on a character who doesn't have any lines. It's uh, just Carrick. Isn't isn't
0: this the movie that your mom refuses to watch because it's too sad? No, that's Carrick. That's what my I was, mom
2: I was, was with me. Many no, times. talking about No, he Carrick. was talking to me. Uh, yeah. She refuses to watch this film and also Bambi. Ah.
3: She probably wouldn't like my list then, but (laughs) Dumbo is just the feels movie. And I can Mm. totally see why, because I mean, if you're a parent, baby, mine might devastate you. But but I still appreciate it. It's kind of downbeat, but still experimental for Disney. And it can be easy to forget that this was Disney's first hit after Snow White, because it was just such a... such a tight one, but it just proves that being a cash grab doesn't mean it has to be bad. Still a good film in its own right, and still quite interesting among Disney. So gets my approval there.
2: Right. I still, yeah. I still uh, stand by my statement that um, the ending to this film feels like if Ratatouille had ended after Remy made his first meal.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like,
2: mm-hmm.
5: and um, for number four, Nick, when he just said like um, about. Number four being a tie pick—that's actually where my tie pick comes in. Oh, cool! My, my tie pick is between *Alice in Wonderland* and *The Jungle Book*. Hmm. Now it may seem now it may seem a l- bit strange why I picked these two as a tie, but the more I think about it, both these films really show off Walt Disney's strengths as a storyteller. With *Alice in Wonderland*, this is what how he like um this is basically what he would do if he were to stay close stay closer more to the original source material and, like, um, follow the book's original spirit, while the general book shows that he did do good without following the book at all, personally. Mm-hmm. Like, Alice and one, and they're both really similar story-wise because they're both character-driven stories. They're both kind of road trip films. When Alice is trying to find the white rabbit, she comes across all these different characters, like the Mad Hatter, the March Hare, the Cheshire Cat, and Mowgli, when he's with, um, when he's, like, um, in Bulgaria, like, trying to, like, by whether or not he wanted to go to the Man Village, he comes out shared like Baloo, like King Louie, Ka, like the Vultures, all these great different characters, and they work off each other all great in these different films. And they show up, like the versatility of like voice actors like Verna Felton and Sterling Holloway, and also animators like Frank Thomas and Milt Call. It, both these films have like great senses of humor, they're both greatly told, they have great music too. I think Alice in Wonderland is like. A film that has the most songs in it. Like I think it's like twelve or thirteen, I think, in the film. Yeah. Oh, wow. but a lot of them are short, so yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and like the and like the Sherman Brothers, the songs that they helped write for the genre book, except the bare necessities, that was a, written by Terry Giltison during the sh- film's early production. All the songs the Sherman Brothers wrote are all timeless. They always stick with me. And like the villains too are great too. The Queen of Hearts is a great funny villain. I love how, whenever she didn't like take a break from being like trying to act sweet, but then she goes screaming at the top of her lungs, it's always so funny to watch. And Shere Khan is great because he's mostly just talked about, but then in the second film, you see him, he's like acts like a charismatic gentleman, which actually kind of makes him more intimidating because of like, how confident he is on how frightening and scary he is that he'll like kill you in an instant. So, that stuff is great too. And of course, and, of course, The Jungle Book was also the last film Walt Disney worked on before his death. So that adds an emotional feeling to it.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: So um, those are my pits for my number four choice. A so tie between Alice in Wonderland and The Jungle Book.
0: All right. Very good. Yeah, I I, I myself never cared much for uh, The Jungle Book. Ah. but uh, I, I,
2: I mentioned before it. that uh, Alice in Wonderland is my, my biggest unpopular opinion. Mm-hmm. Like I I don't like it.
5: <laughs> like just in general, like the like the original story of it too.
2: I've never read the story. I just don't like the movie. <laughs> ah. Yeah, have you seen uh, the Tim Burton version? No, don't. I don't have any immediate plans to.
0: <laughs> well, if you've got some time uh this coming week, don't do it. Do something else. <laughs> Please. <laughs> okay. Study All for right. your test. All right. So, uh let's move on to number 3. Uh, this one is just as much a childhood favorite as Winnie the Pooh was, but I think it's a lot stronger in the story and the characters, and a uh, bit harder in the feels as well. My number three is Tarzan.
2: Ah, uh, yeah, and, uh, I, I really don't. That, I feel like Tarzan would be my honorable mentions to my honorable mentions. Uh, yeah, like number twenty-one or
0: something. Or, or like well, 16. in my top
2: twenty, I only oh. mentioned like five honorable I mentions. See. Okay, but yeah, I just.
0: Yeah, I love uh Tarzan's arc, uh the journey he goes through in the in the jungle and meeting the humans. Uh and anyone who disses the Phil Collins soundtrack, uh, is dead to me. So just want to make that clear. Phil Collins rocks the house. Indeed. And he trashes the camp. Just about to yeah.
4: see that. I
2: thought I saw a funny uh, uh, Oni plays. They made a funny uh, scenario like uh, that. Rosie O'Donnell just like walks into uh, the Disney uh, conference room like to pitch the movie, like <laughs> and she pitches it by tripping over a bunch of pots and pans. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We hilarious. love that musical number.
1: <laughs> Brilliant.
2: All right, uh, number three, <laughs> uh, number uh, <laughs> my number three. Is the Princess and the Frog? It this is this one hits the closest to home for me. I love how faithful it is to New Orleans culture. That me and my friends like love all the inside jokes in it. The the characters are very strong. Keith David has one of the sexiest voices in animation. I could listen to this guy for hours. And Tiana is a strong character. Uh, everyone. Everyone's great. So yeah, Princess of the Frog. Love it.
5: Number three. So yeah, um, uh, uh,
0: we're from a place far, far away from this world. Y'all from Shreve <laughs> Say um, <laughs>
5: you know that um Say hey, you know that Emiral Ladasi cameo from one of the alligators? Who? Like you know the chef. Like you know the chef that always goes BAM that guy? Yeah, she no. Well he's a really famous T V chef. He actually has a cameo as one of the alligators that try to eat Naveen and Naveen and Tiana. Neat.
2: That's cool. I don't I still don't know who that is. Uh, I don't know who that is either, but it's still cool. I, I do all I, know, I know that Kev, I I know that I recognize Kev I recognize Kevin Michael Richardson as one of the alligators. Oh yeah. But he's in everything, so yeah. it's fine.
0: Wasn't he in uh, Lilo and Stitch as a... Uh... He, yeah, he, he has, was... Obra.
2: Yeah, I, I I thought that was really cool. They got having an actual voice actor like be one of the main antagonists. Yeah. I liked it. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, and he also he also voiced Goro in the live action Mortal Kombat movie.
0: <laughs> uh, we don't talk about that.
2: I, right. I think it's fun. Yeah. All right, Luigi, your turn.
0: Luigi, what's your number three? G.
2: Um, my number
4: th- my number three G is The Emperor's New Groove. All right, finalist. I mean, is there really like necessary to explain why? Because like we've been through the same song and dance over and over again. Yeah, I mean I've heard this story over and over again. And
3: I just derailed the whole podcast. Thanks, <laughs> Wesley.
4: I'm glad to have you here. I hope I you're pretty <laughs> Anyway, it's yeah. it's just it's just a good buddy feel good movie.
0: I mean I mean it's no I mean it's no wonder it's one of your favorites. Uh, by I mean by it, the numbers, it is at least the second most popular Disney movie ever. <laughs> <laughs>
3: have you guys ever I, seen I it? I, no, I think part of it might have been just Emperor's New Groove got was preferred to the movies it was up against. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Anyways, those are my thoughts on the Emperor's
2: New Groove, and also,
4: by all means, this doesn't make any sense. Right. <laughs> all right, well, um, you
2: ever see, have you guys ever seen other to friends? But Spinel breaks her legs.
3: <laughs> oh god. Yeah. Uh, 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 man, my turn, I guess. Go for um, it. Number three is Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. We talked about it enough, but I also say I grew up with these shorts individually as well. So be it separately or together, they're still just they're still just great and very impactful. Though I was surprised Piglet appeared in Blustery Day first. Just my memory just had him always be there. Like Tigger as a second edition, he kinda made sense because he's personality wise. Oh, so right. Piglet. yeah, yeah, Piglet's not in the
5: honey tree thing. segment. Yeah like, I Yeah because don't... they
4: wanted to replace him with Gopher.
5: Yeah, like, but due to but due to like criticism about it, Walt decided to like eventually add Piglet and Tigger in the, the Blushy J segment.
3: Yeah, because Piglet is such a pivotal character, it kind of creates a disorienting
5: effect. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think John, I think
3: many of the reasons you said it's just too nostalgic. It's too, it's too classic. Right. way the Pooh is just as much a cash cow, if not more, than Mickey. So, right. what, do you, what do you mean by yeah.
2: disorienting?
3: Because um, I thought Pig, it's like a Mandela effect. It's like, wait, Piglet oh, yeah,
5: 23?
3: yeah, that,
2: yeah,
5: that is fair. <laughs> like, I actually heard that casting John Fiedler as Pidlet was actually one of Walt Disney's last contributions before his death. Really interesting.
0: Oh, uh, it's a good way to go out. Mm-hmm. Your anyway, turn,
5: uh, Yoda number three. Number three, my choice is. Beauty and the Beast is my number three yeah. choice. Love, for all the reasons you guys mentioned, Belle is probably the best Disney princess ever. Like, if I had to pick second choice, I'd probably pick Jasmine from Aladdin, but Belle is... She really relates to me on how she, like, she's different from the rest of the crowd. Something I like is that with the Townsfolk, they don't really, like, despise or anything. They just have trouble just getting along with her, because when Belle tries to connect with the Baker, Baker's like, yeah, that's nice. Like, they try to be friends, but something just isn't clicking. Especially like, uh, like Gaston. I like how he's different from other Disney villains, but he's still a villain. Like thrown out. There's not like a big twist with him or anything. He's just still an all around enjoyable and funny character. I love all the enchanted objects: Lumiere and Codsworth, and Mrs. Potts. I think they're all really fun in their own right. The Beast, I think, is a really strong character as he like learns more and more how to be like. Well, a man, basically speaking, the scene where he lets Belle go is actually my favorite scene in the history of animation. Right. Because really? the expression the, because it feels real. Like he realizes if he loves Belle and if he wants her to be really happy, this is the best thing he has to, this is the thing he has to do. He I, has to like let her go save her father. Just she knows he he knows he's going to be happy with her dad, like with the people that she loves. I like That's the, the idea and the angle
3: of it that this is a coming-of-age story for a man about to turn twenty-one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the interpretation of it. I, I, I
2: like, like the, that interpretation yeah, this, as well. Uh, this is basically the epitome of uh, if you love something, you let it free. If
3: yeah, you like,
5: love me, like let me go. And like the the and the animation, especially like and what the live action remake fucked up. It got wrong. It pissed me off. It's when um Belle says, like, my father's in trouble, the beast in the remake just goes, Well then you must go to him. In the anime version, like when she's saying like okay. my when the anime version when she says my father's in danger, like what am I gonna do? Like the beast like turns her rose. He like looks at it, he looks up, Like, he realizes then what he has to do, and he just says in a very like in a tone that looks like he's going to break down, he just says, "Then you must go to him." Like just the way he says that, it like until it pains him to do it. But he loves Belle so much, he's willing to make the sacrifice. And it really just warms my, warms and breaks my heart, especially when Touchwood asks, "Why did you do that? Why did you let her go?" Belle just says, "I love her." Man, bright in the feels. Plus, it also,
2: I also, uh, I don't. I appreciate that they don't uh, have the whole, like, oh, the curse is getting worse. Like, they'll be just, like, knickknacks forever.
5: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad they didn't do it in the original because it's shown that even though they're, like, worried that they're not going to be like that, they've at least been like that for several years. I mean, they can survive. Right. Like, it's...
3: I think the idea of them basically dying came from the Broadway version, but there's a bit more leniency there because of the costume and suspension of disbelief. But in the remake, when they put that plot in, it becomes kind of a trolley problem. Whose life is more important? Maurice or everyone in the castle? Yeah.
2: Yeah. um, Yeah. And of course... Uh, I like um, that term, trolley problem.
5: And of course, I can't talk about... And, of course, I can't talk about Being the Beast without mentioning the music. This is definitely what I would call Disney's ultimate Broadway-like yeah. movie. Yeah, like when I said earlier, music.
0: three Academy Award nominations
5: for the music alone. Songs alone. Yep. Especially, like, pains me that Howard Ashton didn't live long enough to see this film get finished. Because his work really shines through. Even though he wanted to work on Aladdin... Before Being the Beast, he still put his heart and passion with Alan Megan writing these yeah. songs. And Being the Beast, Tales of the Time, is, no joke, my absolute favorite song. <laughs> because the way it's sung, Mrs. Potts, like, you expect this kind of song to be sung between the two lovers. But when it's sung by Mrs. Potts, it's sung by someone who's observing the love. Someone who's seen this love before, and it's a tale that's told, like, never before. And it's also a love song that never actually uses the word love in it. Ever knows that? Huh. Yeah, That's I did. Yeah, and so a lot of those reasons. Like, I love how it gets into the dramatic moments. I love its funny moments. It's a perfect combination between between the two. Like, um, light hearted and dark. It knows how to use it great, especially with the music and the storytelling, the characters. So yeah, Beauty and the Beast is my number three. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we're getting a lot of mileage out of uh, this one here, probably because we've only talked about it once, like in depth on this podcast.
3: I still cannot believe that Prince New Groove beat it. Uh, (laughs) Uh, That changed. He's a closer game. What is the
2: timeline?
0: Uh, I don't know, but all right, number two. Uh, My number two is Mulan yay uh, basically for the reasons uh, Carrick was saying earlier mm-hmm. and uh, yeah I think it has the perfect balance of you know how much time like how much direct focus the uh, feminist girl power aspect gets and I think it hits that mark perfectly to not be overbearing but still be a very noticeable presence so yeah Mulan it's awesome.
1: Yeah.
0: I th- and and it's the only and up to this point it's the only film to really give Emperor's New Groove a run for its money.
2: Like even like come like a dent. Yeah. But uh, anyway,
3: uh yeah, I by two to one. <laughs> speaking, speaking
2: of which, my number two is the Emperor's New Groove. <laughs>
3: wow, I thought shoes be your number one, but we'll get to that. But yeah, number two.
2: Yeah, it's funny. Moving on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we talked about this one enough.
2: <laughs> yeah. What the hell what the f- hell else am I supposed to say? It's funny. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Funny. Right. Dead
3: enough. Ouija. Number two. <laughs> My number two.
4: I actually didn't think this far ahead, so I'm just gonna say the first movie that comes to mind, which is The Hunchback
2: of Notre Dame. Ooh, surprised mm, it hasn't I, made an
4: appearance on any lists yet.
2: Yeah, you would think it would, you would think it would have been on someone's
4: list. I like to think of it as, like, one of the highest rated, underrated Disney movies. Uh, yeah, I can see, uh, yeah, I can see that. I it, uh, that sounds like a... Because it has, like, a bunch of representation, like, in theme parks, Kingdom Hearts but yet it's still not popular enough to like rival stuff like Frozen.
3: Yeah, like I've called them um, like I've said that stuff like like Coraline or something like that is so underrated it's overrated. Yeah. But I'm not sure how Hunchback of Notre Dame would fit into that.
4: <laughs> I mean like it has representation
2: but not over representation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean think about it. It didn't really get that far in the Disney, yeah. uh, I mean, tournament. Like it, it lost to like, Lion King. Because, like, sure, we like it, but I mean, there's but just not it's, like. merch of the More goals. than Lion King.
3: Yeah, you like it, but more than Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I just started to a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, I'll go. Number two is another film I'm surprised hasn't cropped up yet. Aladdin. That one's just so wild. It's definitely yeah. my favorite post-Walt film. It's got a great story. I don't think Disney's made a better character arc than Aladdin, just the way he's able to do it. And he has his own agency. And it's one of the rare Three Wishes story where the third wish doesn't reverse the first two. Uh-huh will go on yeah. about the genie and the music. That stuff's good, but it's the stuff underneath that makes it great. Like the little character actions, how it twists the Disney formula without really breaking it. How it doesn't do a third act misunderstanding after the big reveal because she likes him anyway. And Jafar Niago's witty banter just sells it. And, and it's all, and the appearance in the neon of and the art style just popping out at you. It's just so great, and I was still able to get into it rewatching it for this tournament. It's just that good.
5: Nice. Well, it seems that, well, it seems, Wesley, that great minds think to like on number two, because my number two is Aladdin. Me. I, no-
2: I wonder what number one is.
5: Yeah. <laughs> <You> <laughs> might, we haven't heard it already every round. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well... Well, with Aladdin, what else can we say about? It? But I love the character. I love the characters in the movie, like especially like characters like Genie and Jasmine and Jafar and Yago. Like I love the animation of it too. I think it's one of the most colorful Disney films out there. When it comes to lighting and t- and the sky and the way care and the way the scene is just set out, it always visually pops to me. Something like that. I love the music in it too songs, whether it be with Al Mankin, whether he's working with Howard Ashman or Tim Rice, they're always so great. I especially love the way Tim Rice managed to capture Howard Ashman's spirit with the songs that he wrote. Yeah, <laughs> the thought-
3: basically seamless.
5: Uh-huh. And uh, I love the genie's humor. Like, Rob Williams was a perfect fit to voice him. I especially love um Gilbert Gottfried. the job to the way he works off of Jonathan Freeman's Jafar. Like, Jafar is probably my favorite my favorite villain, mostly because like he was one of the villains that like really introduced me on like how great villains could be when I was like a really tiny little kid. He was scary. He was funny. Like he created like such a threatening presence for the main character. And wonder no really started-
3: I turned into a snake. He already looks very
5: serpentine. Maybe well, you don't can see he- how snake like I can be Yeah. And uh mm-hmm. See, I also really love Jasmine. She was, like, my cartoon crush as a l- really little kid. Like, I just also love her voice by Linda Larkin. It is such a nice, pretty voice. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I also love the character Arthur land goes through, even at the dilemma when he realizes he's debating whether or not he wants to set the genie free. He doesn't come off as, like, a jerk. He's, like, really struggling, like, if he wants to set his friends free. I always yeah. thought that was a great little thing.
3: Although I will say this for a whole new world, or, it's great song, but original cast only. Yeah, you no know, one uh, like everyone else either overdoes it or underdoes it.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Boy,
4: <laughs>
3: yeah,
5: and the whole new now, world I'm, I'm just, a now. I'm just word
2: wondering. Song. I'm just wondering how that song would have been if Scott Wanger actually was allowed to sing.
5: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, was- I, I
2: can't. I can't sing. I'm sorry. <laughs>
5: I also like um like what Wesley said. I like how it doesn't do the third act misunderstanding with the lie revealed. Jasmine understands why Aladdin had to lie, and she's really supportive of so him. It's a third act Plus understanding.
2: Plus, it also helps that uh she she uh, comes to terms with it like at the very end of the film. So like if they did do like a third act breakup, there would have been no time to resolve it.
5: <laughs> yeah. And of course the ending where Genie finally gets free is definitely what I would call one of Disney's most emotional endings. Like um even with the fact that like even like before Robin Williams passed away it still really gets me in the emotional side especially when Aladdin and Genie say goodbye to each other. It really gets me and gets me in my heart.
2: You'll always be a prince to me.
5: Yep. Well, so wow. <laughs> so um that's why I have to say about my Aladdin, about Aladdin, number two. Yeah.
0: And uh holy crap, uh, we've been recording for over two hours. So uh
3: we'll cross the two hour mark before, let's get our number ones.
0: All right.
2: Yeah. Uh, real quick.
0: Yeah, real quick. Uh, I don't think there should be too many surprises. Uh, although I, I don't know if... everyone's number one pick, but I have some ideas. But anyway, uh, my number one pick, y'all know it. It's Zootopia. What else was it going to yeah. be? Uh, <laughs> uh, it starts, a, the movie starts with a reference to actuaries. This movie speaks to me on a very deep level, guys.
3: It's a spirit animal. That's the same about my number, ones, but let's we'll here in my number one, but Not so fast, Jafar!
2: <laughs> Aladdin, it's my number one.
3: Oh, wow. oh You went for it
2: for the number one. Yeah. Uh, it's... Uh, when I think about it yeah, it's my favorite yeah. now that I think about it oh dude I, imagine if the final were Emperor's New Groove versus Aladdin yeah <laughs> that would have been that would have that would have been tough yeah. that would have been very tough for me Luigi <laughs> um, my
4: number one is the Black Cauldron but more specifically the source of one of the Black Cauldron's stolen animations being Fantasia <laughs> oh <here we> <laughs>
1: Ah,
0: nice bait and switch
4: I'm a simp for the mouse. He's gone oh, me dude. through a lot of tough situations in my life. Yeah,
1: I can see right. that.
4: And I had this, like, huge Fantasia phase when I was, like, around middle school.
3: I, oh. I did,
4: still kind of do, but
3: yeah. Yeah, I was one of those nerds who really appreciate classical over pop, so I went for Fantasia. Ah, <laughs> uh,
0: you're a nerd. Yep. And got uh, a
1: nerd! nerd.
0: <laughs> and, uh, I already, I already know what your number one is, but
3: uh... I was the one who said I was ride or die for it. It was, it's just visceral, it's just captivating. It's, it's got good hearts. Some, I can see why some might object to the pacing by today's standards, but it's a technical marvel, and Walt Disney would have agreed with me. It's his own personal favorite. Hmm. The characters are nice. The atmosphere is beautiful. It's so gorgeous and operatic, and it. The way it just goes all Rudy. The bite with Rono, that's the other deer. That one still gets my heart racing. It's just so I mean, beautiful. While it doesn't quite match Lion King with animalism because there's man involved, the way they introduce man remember, is just, so, is just so clever and twisted in how we never see it. Remember, man was ranked by number 20 on the AFI's Heroes and Villains list as the twentieth villain. The only character that's not even on screen. That's some power.
1: Mm.
3: It, it manages to stick pretty close to the book despite many few changes. And I just feel like this is to me the quintessential Disney movie. I grew up with it. I still appreciate it. Don't don't really mind about it losing because at least it lost to another good movie, Lilo and Stitch. Mm-hmm. But I still would envy. All right.
2: I've combined the DNA of the world's most evil creatures to create the most evil creature of them all. It turns out it's man.
1: <sighs>
5: Classic. <laughs> and uh, Yoda Jax, your big reveal for number one. Let's see. How can I present this in the most. in the best way I can? The most dignified way I can? Like the most. or maybe even the most serious way possible? Oh, God. He want me to do? dress and drag and do the hula. Uh-huh. Wow! Yeah. wow. What else? Did I say? You, you guys all know it. It's the Lion King. Is my <gasps> number gasp. one. Who would have guessed?
2: I was scared <laughs> you were gonna do the coconuts
5: song. <laughs> I already did it before. I wanted to do something special. No, good anything good but that. I'm like, want- even when,
2: when my mom watched that scene again, like she's still like busted out laughing. <laughs> like It's still funny every time. Just the fact that Scar plays with the skull. Well, no, I'm talking
4: about the luau scene. I know, but I was Literally going off of the coconut contest. contest. Yeah, like, the Lion,
5: like the Lion King, I love the animation of it. I love how big the scope is of it. I love the characters. I still can't decide which is my favorite of them. The songs are awesome. Like It knows how to be dramatic and funny. Like it's basically the movie that like best suits with me personally. I love how it's Disney's first ever original film. It set the bar of how much Disney can tell its stories, whether they'd be like coming up with new stuff, or the way they adapt stuff. So you guys all know it. The Lion King is my not only my favorite Disney film, but my absolute favorite film and piece of animation in history. All
0: right. All right, good lists, everybody. But uh,
2: now, can we find kept... out the finals? Yes, it's time we've... for the list that actually matters. We've kept
3: yes. them waiting. Now for the list
2: that people actually care about. It's time for the <laughs> moment you've been
0: waiting for. Da
3: <laughs> okay, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Presenting the number one business movie. <laughs> oh God, you-
0: God, look what I've rot. <laughs> okay. So we're actually going to start with the battle for third place. Uh, the losers in the final four okay. were Aladdin and Fantasia. And uh, like the actual f- final, this one got a large slew of votes. Uh, the loser got 27. The winner got 66. So, whoa! your bronze medalist in Mouse Madness is Aladdin.
2: Woo! Yay! Uh, yeah. I, I can not
4: I'll accept that. I'll take it. I'll accept it, too. I can accept it being in the top 10.
0: Yeah. Top three. Not bad. But uh, that's not what you're all here for. So let's get to it. Like I said, 149 votes. The distribution of votes was as follows. The winner received 80. The loser received a very nice score of 69. (laughs) <laughs> oh, nice. hey. dangly parts and the winner the grand champion the one to take home the gold for the most popular Disney movie of all time given our small sample size your champion the Emperor's New Groove.
4: Yeah! Oh, yes! 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 Man! Yes! Yes! Yes!
1: Yes!
4: Yes! Yes! No, no, yes. no!
1: This isn't real! This isn't real! I, I can't, can't
3: believe it.
1: Yes!
3: Yes! It's all coming together. <laughs> I'm
2: feeling good. so many emotions it's all right good. now. Yes.
4: God. I'm uh, so man.
2: happy right uh, now. Uh, Oh, man, <laughs> what a <clears throat> journey. I Blind. Sans is a Smash Brothers, and Emperor's New Groove is the best Disney movie.
4: <laughs> well, and is Luigi gone. is real in Mario 64. Yeah, and, yeah this... Luigi's real. <laughs> well, uh, 2020 is crazy, man. This year, We man. got <laughs> Byleth and Smash Bros. <laughs> we yeah. got Steve I love... Minecraft.
3: The Emperor's oh. New Groove is the winner of Disney movies. Oh, man. Luigi's in Mario sixty four. I think this is even more monumental than than March Madness's sixteen seed over one seed because that <laughs> person groove won it all It's a nine seed. That's
4: somebody. A- somebody better update the TV tropes than include an underdog victory. I did. <laughs> yeah. So I, thank you. Now, uh, sure. all
0: right. Before we sign off, uh, oh,
4: I just want to say
0: a couple things. Uh, one, thank you all for being a regular part of this. It means a lot to me that we were able to make this a regular thing. Oh, it's you're welcome. great talking to you guys all the time.
1: Thank Absolutely you, lovely. Nice yeah. you,
0: and uh, also, season two, uh, one. Now, uh, and for those of you listening, um, I'll be uploading a couple more videos uh, regarding the tournament as well as uh, a more detailed version of my top ten list. Uh, Please join us in January when we start Pixar Picks, hosted by our
3: very own Wesley Hunt. That's the one I'm running. I want to give some time for soul, but i by by looking to see those stats, Nick. uh,
0: Yep, uh, there will be a stats video just going over some uh, miscellaneous data that we've collected over the tournament. Uh once again, huge congratulations to the Emperor's new groove for coming out on top. And uh Yeah, on, until until January. Uh I'm Irish Husky and this has been Mouse Madness. Thanks for tuning in. See you
1: real
2: soon. <laughs> Goodbye, all of you lovely people. yeah society.